1: The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network.
2: Hey guys, this is Matt Seidel and you're listening to
3: we can get it done i'ma chill and let them have it because this is just an intro keeping the strong style six stars from the get-go boy yeah from tampa bay to the tokyo dome this is keeping it strong style with your host jeremy donovan and the young boy joshua smith and thank you for listening welcome to keeping it strong style the ace of podcasts on the social suplex podcast network Jim Domin here with the young boy, Josh Smith, and Karen Peterson from Post Wrestling. On today's show, we'll preview Capital Collision and Best of the Super Juniors 29 and cover all its news in the world of New Japan Pro Wrestling. You can support our show by subscribing and following Social Suplex Podcast Network or keeping a strong style on the podcast app of your choice and leaving a rating interview. You can also get all the podcasts over at SocialSuplex.com check out our Pro Wrestling store, Pro Wrestling Tees.com slash That's where you can get your official Keeping It Strong style t-shirt. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider making a one-time or monthly donation by visiting SocialSuitPlex.com slash donate and clicking on the donate button under the Keeping It Strong style logo. This episode is brought to you by the NJPW EXT, the only browser extension for NJPWWorld.com with features like dark mode, improved translations and layouts, Custom and shared playlists, synchronized viewing parties, and much, much more. It takes NJPW World to the next level. You can visit njpwext.us today for details. Young boy, Karen, how are you guys doing?
0: Life is good. Glad to be back. I, I we were talking off air before we got started i was like i wasn't expecting this call from another six months because super junior used to be in the fall but I, it's back to the most wonderful time of the year where it belongs in the spring and i'm happy
3: young yeah, boy I'm, I'm doing good <laughs> <laughs>
1: you know six stars from the get-go you know boy <laughs> <laughs>
3: But yes, it's uh, Best of the Super Junior season. It feels like old times. We got two blocks. We're in springtime, like you mentioned, Karen. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And we also have a show here in America, in Washington, D.C., Capital Collision. So we'll get started with uh, talking about that show, and then we'll move into Best of the Super Juniors. So first thing here, New Japan Pro Wrestling will be presenting Capital Collision this Saturday, May fourteenth, in English, exclusively on Dun 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 Fight TV. But uh, New Japan has uh, put out a little message about the the broadcast this Saturday. So they say NJPW sets the highest of broadcast standards and is very aware that Windy City Riot, through no fault of fight, fell short of those standards. We deeply appreciate fans showing their passion for NJPW events. As a mark of that appreciation, every viewer of Windy City Riot on Fight who purchases Capital Collision will receive five Fight credits applied automatically at checkout. For Capital Collision, significant improvements and restructuring to our production pipeline will ensure the best possible quality viewing experience. That our fans expect and deserve. Refunds will be made available with no questions asked for any technical issues encountered. For Windy City Riot purchasers, order Capital Collision on Fight, and you'll automatically earn five fight credits towards your next Fight pay-per-view purchase. This is not a general market offer. The special offer is only available to those who ordered Windy City Riot on the Fight platform. No forms to fill out. Nothing to redeem. If you are a Windy City Riot buyer on Fight, simply purchase Capital Collision on Fight at its regular price and you will automatically get a deposit of the credits in your Fight account one week after the pay-per-view event is over. These credits can be saved up in your Fight account and used toward buying a future pay-per-view event at the credit levels you've earned. So Josh, Karen, how are we we feeling about uh, this uh, statement here about Fight TV for Saturday?
0: Well, as somebody who is at Windy City Riot, and saw some of the issues that would eventually translate to film. I think it's actually a smart move on New Japan's part to try to reestablish that like confidence in the brand, especially in the partnership with Fight. Um, it kind of, it kind of bums me out because I was there in person, and we had our own problems. <laughs> but it's I mean it's good. It's a, it's a it's a positive step to you know taking responsibility and accountability for what happened.
1: Yeah, I think um, it's a good move, Um, you know, because, I mean, if I, which I have in the past, I didn't for this last show. You did, Jeremy. You got a refund. But if I've um, purchased, uh, let's say, Windy City right specifically, and I ran into issues, I'm going to be real hesitant to put money down to, you know, pay for another one of these, you know, pay-per-view slash premium live events from New Japan. (laughs) And, uh, you know, if they're kind of telling me, like, Hey, if you buy this, not only are we revamping the production, not only are we working to make sure everything's streamlined, but you're also going to get a $5 credit, which is like, that's not much, but it's something. Plus, if you run into any technical issues, you get your money back, no questions asked. So, I mean, what is the risk at that point? You know what I mean? Yeah. Worst case scenario, you put the money down, they fuck up, you get your money back you probably got a credit you know what i mean my my only
0: thing is that i wish they would have done the same thing two years three years ago when royal quest happened Mm, because that show had a lot of problems and trying to get customer service from fight to sort them out at the time they're basically like well if you want to cancel it you're going to cut your programming off right midway through the show and i'm like well that's not good so this is a more hospitable approach which i really appreciate
3: yeah because i remember yeah we had issues with royal quest also and yeah i remember like trying to ask for the refund be like yeah we'll cut the we'll cut your fee though if you get the refund i'm like well what does that make
0: (laughs) (laughs) i kind of want to watch the main event thanks
1: you know the funny thing with that too is like i think that that initial royal quest sticks out in a lot of people's minds because that was probably the first time that a lot of people actually spent uh money you know in large droves on fight for new japan and since then, they've done way worse shows. Every single North American show that they've done post-pandemic that's been on fight has been way worse than Royal Quest. But so many people always bring up Royal Quest because that was the initial taste that was left in people's mouths, was like not a positive one. That and was our initial Im-
0: trauma as a group.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I, I can't imagine if, you know, the first thing you bought was Battle in the Valley or Windy City Riot, like how fucked you probably
3: felt. You know what I mean? Right. Lone Star
0: shootout wasn't that bad though.
3: Oh it was bad.
0: I said it wasn't that
3: bad <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was live for Lone Star shootout so I, I never went back and watched it so I don't know how. Oh that did
1: you say Lone Star
3: shootout wasn't that bad yeah yeah, yeah I'm well, sorry. I thought you said that on the valley my mistake.
0: Oh no no Battle it was bad.
1: I was like that was really bad. <laughs> Lone Star shootout had minimal issues, but even that was, you know,
0: it had its problems. yeah it wasn't perfect.
3: Man, well, seems like they hopefully have the issues uh, fixed here. And, you know, if there are issues, like I said, you can get a refund. But, you know, it should be a pretty good show based on the card they have here. So we'll go through this card, give our thoughts and predictions on all the matchups here.
1: Before we do that, I want to say one quick disclaimer. I won't bring it up again. Still completely opposed to this pay-per-view model that they're Adopting, I don't think it's uh you know going to pan out for them long term, and I don't think it's uh the wiser, prudent business decision for them. Still, just want to put that out there.
0: Can I build on that? Sure. It, it's still better than the model that Stardom has because at least with Fight, you get to keep your access to the pay per view. Sure. Stardom, you have like a it's like a three day limited engagement, and then it goes oh then it goes disappears, and you have to wait until they put it on Stardom World, so you don't retain. A copy of it permanently like you do a fight mm. so that's the one thing new japan has working for them compared to how stardom conducts their business
1: and they've been spamming pay-per-views from what i understand as well on on the yeah. Stardom side of things
0: yeah and they're they're selling they're selling they're making heaps of money
1: yeah
0: but it's just like it went from like one a month to like back double day shows or twice a month three times a month so
3: <laughs> hat man's bringing that money in sure is <laughs> All right, let's well, so take a look at this capital collision card here. Like we said, Washington, D.C., this Saturday, May 14th. First matchup we've got to talk about is Ren Narita versus the Alpha Wolf, Carl Fredericks. Don't think there's really any storyline here. I'll see both guys representing the LA Dojo. I think it's just going to be a, a fun opener between two LA Dojo guys.
1: Is this their first time wrestling one on one? I, I'm looking on Cage match. I can't I recall. I think
0: I saw Frederick's mention on Instagram that he's lost to Narita twice. Which seemed weird to me, but
3: I, I think it, I do remember. I think didn't he wrestle Fredericks that uh the taping after resurgence in uh
1: LA LA Dojo showcase number two, they wrestled each other in a one on one match. Uh and it was good too. I recall. Oh
0: yeah. They don't have a bad match. I just don't I just I, I just find it surprising that. Narita would have the upper hand on Fredericks after all this time.
1: Narita did beat him, and that was during that initial strong push of Narita when they brought him onto the strong brand, wow. so I think that's part of it. But uh, I don't know if he's beaten him, and they've had a few, multi, you know, tag yeah. matches. Yeah,
0: they have a lot of that... multi-mans, but they've also both been having their own singles runs in strong, which mm-hmm. has been great for both of them, honestly.
3: Yeah, I do remember being surprised that Narita won Fredericks. Like you said, Josh, I think that's when he initially— came in and he was just picking up these big wins left and right. So, yeah, kind of surprising Narita kind of having the advantage over Fredericks here, a guy who's also, you know, graduated, has gotten rid of the the black trunks. He's, you know, rocking the the red and the tassels, and he's also in a feud right now with QT Marshall and the factory over at AEW. So, obviously, Fredericks, you know, was the leader captain of the LA Dojo when they're all um, in the, you know, training system together. So i sure Fredericks is gonna be looking for a uh, big win here.
1: Yep, I'm sure. I don't have much more to add to that. I mean, the only way I can see them really forwarding the storyline is uh, Narita turns on the LA Dojo. He joins the factory. He usurps uh, QT. We see him <laughs> leading the group on Wednesday nights and Fridays. How dare you?
0: Shibata <laughs> would chop the soul straight out of the back of that man's body <laughs> with one shot. <laughs>
1: Narita starts riding Komarovo's shoulders into the <laughs> ring like he's Prince no. <laughs>
3: Prince Narita. Oh, <laughs> uh, man, yeah. I, I think I'm going to go with uh, Fredericks here to uh, get to get the win.
1: That's oh. fine. I mean, I'm just going to say it.
3: Like, they don't give a fuck about Fredericks. He loses all the time.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm riding with my boy Narita, okay?
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I'm a big match-ren girl, so I can't, I can't go against that.
3: All right, well, we'll see. I guess two to one here. Uh, so moving on to the, the next matchup here. We have a multi man matchup. David Finley, Fred Rosser, Rocky Romero, Tangaloa, and Yuya Uemura will be taking on the Team Filthy Team of Dane Limelight, Jarrell Nelson, Jr. Kratos, Royce Isaac, and filthy Tom Lawler.
1: Yeah. The uh, the one interesting thing there, you know, we addressed the allegations uh, with Chris Dickinson last week during the Cold Open. He's been removed from this match and was replaced with Tangaloa. Um, But the main overarching story here is still going to be Tom Lawler and his ongoing feud with uh, Fred Rosser. Fred Rosser is, you know, still trying to get uh, Tom Lawler to face him in a a match for the title. Um, They did announce at the last aired Strong episode that if he were to be able to defeat the West Coast Wrecking Crew in a, I believe, a handicap match, he gets the title shot. Yeah, handicap so,
3: match this Friday. Uh, the first episode of the Mutiny tour will be airing on New Japan World.
1: So, I mean, I'm going to assume, without having been spoiled, it's a safe bet that he's going to win that match, and uh, you know, this will probably be a de facto preview for the upcoming Strong title match between those two. Just, I'm just on, um, you know, guessing. I got a strong hunch on it, you know.
0: You got a New Japan strong hunch on it? Yeah. <laughs> The one thing I'm surprised about is that I just realized that Alex Coglin isn't on this card, is he?
3: No, he's not.
0: Because usually, he's busy. He would... <laughs> well, I I figured he's busy. I just don't know where where he he got spirited away to. I know you know because Connors is not gonna be there for Super Juniors or whatever. But he's got a date. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I know. You're the worst. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
3: I know he's been it doing is. some Rev pro stuff. Maybe he's going to be in the UK, maybe.
0: Maybe. I don't know. I was, I was like, Doesn't he still have his thing with Kratos where they're still trying to destroy each other? Yes. But... Yeah. Right.
1: That's what I was thinking. I was like, you know, if there was a place you'd put him, in, you know, on this card, probably across from Kratos. He's not there. Maybe we look out for another post-match Kratos-Coglin
3: interaction, possibly. Yeah. Angle alert. Yeah.
0: Works for me. I always enjoy a nice run-in.
3: Yeah, this should be a fun match. Uh, Team Filthy, those guys always end up on 10-man tags on these shows, and they're, they're always super fun, super entertaining. Like I said, Josh is probably going to be obviously the big focus on Fred and Tom, and assuming Fred's probably going to pick up the win here probably on Dan Limelight to you know build the, the, the next title match between Rosser and Filthy Tom. Also, you know, Rocky Romero has had the feud with Black Tiger, even though Black Tiger is not in this match, but still affiliated with Team Filthy. so He'll be looking to get some uh, revenge on these guys as well.
0: Can I ask a point of clarification? Yes. Do you know if they had Lawler defend at Mutiny, or do you think they're saving it for Forbidden Door next month?
3: From what I remember, I don't think he defended on the Mutiny Tour.
0: Okay. And it's probably not He's not defending it. The collision tapings afterwards up in Philly, right?
3: As of right now, I would now, have assumed he was
1: going to. That that was my assumption. Okay. But, but maybe yeah, maybe he is defending at Forbidden Door. I hadn't even thought of that possibility. Sorry, honestly.
0: I didn't mean to throw that. Throw like throw the derail the whole conversation. I was just like looking. at am like, he's still champion. Why is he so low on my card?
3: <laughs> right. No. No. That's interesting though. As of right now, Philly Tom does not have a match for the Collision Tour. The next day okay. in Philadelphia.
1: All right. They, Thank you. They also might be holding off and announcing
3: it until after
1: this week's episode airs. That's very new Japan, you
3: know?
0: Yeah. Right. That would make sense.
3: Because, yeah, okay. if Rosser wins and maybe they go, "Yo, by the way, you know, yeah, we're also going to go title match tomorrow, Rosser and Lawler.
0: Or they'll just cut him off again and throw, like, tens on in a match against <laughs> Tom <Lawler. laughs>
3: Nakanishi makes his return.
0: Wato is coming soon, guys.
3: <laughs> oh, man. So uh, the next matchup, we got a special singles match here with one half of the IWGP World Heavyweight Tag Team Champions, the Crown Jewel. Chase Owens will be taking on one half of the former champions, the Great Ocon. All hail
1: all hell yeah so um man the juxtaposition between these two guys (laughs) oh man if you know you know Um, (laughs) yeah so uh this will probably be good though right got some good workers in there um I guess it's good that they've got some, uh, you know, sort of like a a preview special singles match for, you know, an ongoing feud within New Japan proper here in the stateside. So that's cool.
3: Yeah, it should be a fun matchup. I mean, we've seen, based off when you see Riot, Great Okan's getting over big here in the United States. And so it should be an interesting crowd reaction here. And it should be a fun matchup. Both uh, very good workers here, good tacticians and um, I'm, I would expect uh, Great ocon to get the win here.
1: Same. You know what's funny? O'Con is getting over because he did a good deed and helped somebody. But, like, remember when Chris Masters, like, saved people from, like, a burning
3: building? Nobody gave a fuck. It didn't do anything for his career. Man. I don't know. I was
1: just reminded of that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Tough times for the Masterpiece. Moving on to the next matchup here. We have the Mighty Don't Kneel reuniting for the first time in a long time. Jonah, Mad Mikey Nichols, and Shane Hayes teaming up with Bad Dude Tito. They'll be taking on the United Empire team of Aaron Hanare, Jeff Cobb, and Kyle Fletcher and Mark Davis Aussie Open.
0: As a longtime TMDK fan, my heart grew like 20 times when they – put mikey back on this uh tour because you know he's been in australia for the last three years on his farm with his wife and his daughter and their pony and just like having a good time out in west australia doing a little bit of wrestling but you know once shane and jonah were free agents i was like oh gosh i can't wait for the day that they bring mikey back and they finally did it so as much as i as much as the united empire is growing on me I, I'm hoping for a TMDK win only because I need that. I need an ultimate handshake between Shannon and Mikey because they haven't done one since they left NXT.
1: Remember when we used to get all those questions about the mole in chaos? <laughs> yeah. Okay, we always assumed that that mole was working for Bullet Club. I've now come to the conclusion that it was mad Mikey Nichols. And he was all along working for TMDK. All right. <laughs> he, he was the mole in chaos. Also, I'm not going to. I'm not going to like. I'm not saying it
0: was Rocky Romero, but.
1: <laughs> I'm not going to um, acknowledge his official alignment with that group until Okada gives a ruling as to his status within the Chaos faction, okay?
0: I mean, if they can lump a whole bunch of people that are on AEW into Chaos, Jonah and, and Shane Haste and even Bad Dutito Tito can be considered that they are part of Chaos now too.
1: I, I posited this, uh, you know, theory in the past as well. And I think it, you know, I think it makes sense. From but Okada doesn't standpoint. seem to
0: care about anyone but Okada, but that's a different story.
1: Hey, <laughs> that's his prerogative. He's the best.
0: Shinsuke didn't leave chaos to him to become what it is now. Thanks.
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm going to wait until the, the Wikipedia page is updated to to figure out whether these guys are, are part of chaos or not.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting, though, to see sort of uh, a reunified TMDK working together. They've never, worked, you know, worked together in New Japan aside nope. from, you know, a couple, you know, those Australia shots. But I don't even think they were working on some ends back then. Um, I
0: think back then, Sh- Shane and Mikey were still in NXT at the time.
1: Yeah, but they had, you know, Slex and... Uh,
0: yeah, the extended TMDK.
1: Who's the guy that plays cards in NXT now? He's... He's
3: part of Duke Duke Hudson.
0: Isn't he? Elliot
3: Sexton. Yeah,
0: Yeah, Elliot Sexton. Yeah,
3: Yeah, so I mean, some of those dudes were there. But, um,
1: you know, it's going to be interesting because United Empire, I think right now, they gel um, in these multi man matches. Oh, they're so good. I kind of have a hot take. Uh, We used to say a lot on this show that um, L.I.J. were sort of like, when it came to multi man matches, like the most cohesive and you know um kind of superlative you know eight man and ten man tag group i kind of think team filthy and United empire are both passing them at the current time i'm not saying that it's always going to be that way but um i mean i'd rather watch a team filthy or unite empire multi-man match than an lij match in 2022 honestly
0: i think i mean it's not a bad shout i don't disagree with it because we've seen these groups in particular especially very often here in the states that they're evolving and they're evolving quickly. And like the, the thing is that a lot of the the United Empire guys, they have interaction with each other from when they were on the indies together, especially in the UK. Right. Yeah. So it's it's there's like like some in, magical innate ability because they have that history together. So they just came together and it works great. But yeah, you know, I think it also helps that they're all a bit younger and a bit faster and they don't have tired NITO knees and you know, people who are falling apart and on the injured list. (laughs) They don't
3: have a double vision.
0: They don't, they don't have, yeah, they don't have double vision. They don't have broken eye sockets. They're not selling like fried chicken. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs)
1: There's a, there's a lot of cool things here though. I mean, both groups sort of have their own pin eater. You got bad dude Tito, you got Aaron Hanare, but both of those guys are bruisers and can go, you know, seeing Jonah and Jeff Cobb across from each other is going to be really awesome. Then. You know, um, you know, the proper tag team of TMDK taking on Aussie Open, you know, I don't know how often they've worked together because I'm not that knowledgeable, but, you know, I have to imagine they have some history, maybe not, but um, those are two teams that could really reinvigorate the tag team division. I
0: don't think they have had much interaction because Mm. like when when Kyle first got established in the UK with Mark Davis. He was 19 years old. He's still in his like mid 20s, I think. Yeah, it's
3: crazy how young half so Fletcher is.
0: He's like really young. So I think by the time that they were getting started, Shane and Mikey were already in uh in Noah and or getting ready to go to NXT at that point.
2: Yeah. So they that may not have a right.
0: cross pants, but but oh man. Yeah. Y'all y'all want a big boy fight? That like that that eight man is a big boy fight.
1: Yeah, yeah, this isn't your standard, uh, you know, run-of-the-mill eight-man preview tag. Like, these are eight guys that really have something to prove and are going to show out. What were you going to say, Jeremy?
3: Yeah, I mean, these guys, are they're probably going to get, like, 10 to 15 minutes, but they're probably going to go balls to the wall. They're going to be doing big spots, high pace, and they're going to be working really hard here to capture some attention here. Aussie Open, we've, we've sung their praises enough and how just how great those guys are, just how innovative and creative they are. This should be a really fun matchup. I'm not sure quite what the storyline elements are. I believe on the Mutiny Tour, there might have been some Empire versus TMDK. I know there might be some coming up on Collision as well. So clearly, kind of next faction versus faction feud here, but it should be a really fun matchup. Like you pointed out, Josh, uh, Badu Tito, if TMDK loses, he'll probably eat the pin on that side. And then Aaron Hanari, like you mentioned, Josh, on the Empire side could potentially eat the pin. But I'm feeling this is potentially going to be I think not. Empire is going to get the win here just because there's going to be a heavy focus with the Empire on the next day's collision tapings. They all have uh, big matches the next night in Philadelphia for those tapings. And they're, they're the more uh, solid unit here. First time DMDK is back in a while. They're also teaming up with Badu Tito, who officially is not a part of TMDK right now. Might as well be. <laughs> Seriously, yeah.
0: Yep. Sounds good to me. Plus, they also, isn't there also a, a United Empire special version of Strong coming up as well?
3: Right. Those that matches, after that's collision? what he was referencing, yeah. Oh, okay. Those will, will be taped on the collision show.
0: Oh, oh, that, okay. So they're just, okay.
3: Yeah. So then moving on to the next matchup here, another special singles <laughs> match.
2: The Ooh, Mad King,
3: wait. Eddie Kingston, taking on the Stone Pit Bull, Tomohiro Ishii so i want to address
1: the elephant in the room i'm very excited for this match you know i think it's gonna be awesome big fans both these guys but i just want to make it very clear this match is not king's road versus strong style okay in order for it to be king's road you have to have wrestled someone that was on the king's road trained with someone that was on the king's road maybe even been to japan before i don't know listen you can be the biggest fan of those guys and emulate them all you want and love them and be influenced by them but at the end of the day who the fuck did eddie (laughs) kingston ever wrestle from that was part of all japan or noah or train with
3: so josh are you calling eddie kingston a liar yes Is is that what you're saying right now yeah, I'm
1: saying, I'm saying he's a liar. Man, you that's just
0: a ruined scenario. a promo that gave absolute chills to just about everybody in the building in Chicago. I don't Chicago. care. I don't <laughs> care. Was, like, but, I mean, I get it, but I was just like, like when he gave that promo, we were all, everyone was just like, "Oh, oh, that's good, that's good." But now, now you just, like, this is my bubble. It just went. Boop. You just, you just mad burst when you said it. That.
1: I was like, you didn't wrestle with Tenru. you didn't wrestle with Onita. you didn't wrestle with Baba, you didn't wrestle with Jumbo. Who the fuck you be wrestling with? Mizawa, Tawei, who? Who, Name <laughs> me someone, Jun- Junakiyama? Who, was, who were you trained by, dude? Like you've never, he went to Japan for one tour with Chikara in like 2011 for like three days. This man is not King's Road. And you know why I'm fine with uh, ruining that uh, incredible promo? Cause he does that weekly. Every week he gives a promo that I literally get, like, chills and stuff. So it's fine. He's got thousands (laughs) of them. It's not a big deal. But, like, the match is going to rule. But I just don't want to pretend, like, this is all Japan versus New Japan. This is, you know, uh, Fujinami versus Tenru. It's not. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay for it to be Kingston versus Ishii, and that be the allure of it, you know?
0: That being said, who you got? Who, who's your pick, young boy?
1: I'm going to go with Kingston. You know why? Because, After all that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because um, number one, Tony Khan does not lose, and he's <laughs> not going to let his guys lose <laughs> to guys from New Japan. So the very fact that this is happening, number two, even if that wasn't even a factor, New Japan still might have Ishii lose because they don't give a fuck. Like They, they think he's Teflon and Bulletproof, and... You know, they they let him lose all the time. So there's a lot going against Ishii in this match. If he wins, I'll be shocked.
3: Yeah, honestly, I I would be shocked, too, if Ishii won. He just coming off a loss uh, against Josh Alexander for the Impact World title. Um, and, And it seems like, you know, Eddie Kingston is campaigning to be in the G1 this summer. So, you know, getting a win here over Ishii could be his ticket into the G1.
1: I would love that. He's a great guy that could be in the G one. You know why? Because he could eat the losses and he'd be fine. He's one of the like few guys that would like he'd. I but I mean, can his body hold up like to that schedule? I don't know, man. Yeah,
3: I, I don't know, but I he I think as far as like booking wise, he would a guy who can go four and five, five and four in the G one. Also, I don't think he'd be missing too much from TV. I mean, they have so many stars in AEW right now. I don't, I don't think missing Eddie Kingston. Uh, for a month would hurt their, their TV a lot And he'd be back in time to potentially set something up For All Out in uh, September So I think Kingston would be a, a great guy When you're looking at the AEW roster On who can they send over for a month uh, for the G1 And so I can see, totally see him getting the win here Cutting a promo Saying, you know, I'm planning on being in the G1 I hadn't even thought of that Karen, who you got? You you back in Kingston too Or are you going with the pit bull here?
0: Well, you see, you mentioned you mentioned Ishii losing to um, Josh Alexander, but then he also lost to Tanahashi like the week before. So it's like I I want I want a win <laughs> a W in the column for him. So uh... he
3: beat Steve Macklin on Impact last week. Yeah, he beat Steve Macklin. It's not new Japan world, you can go watch it.
0: Like I said, he lost to Josh Alexander and Hiroshi Tanahashi in the last two weeks. Oh man. I'm 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 gonna I'm not gonna turn my back on on, on the stone pupper. I'm gonna I'm gonna back I'm gonna back Ishii on this
1: one. Oh, I'm gonna be backing him. Like I'm gonna be just just in the same way I was backing him. You just again.
0: don't think he's gonna win. I
1: just don't think he's gonna I, I wanted him to be Tanahashi. I was like I was living and breathing with everything
3: Dude, he did in that match. Josh was campaigning hard was a
0: good match. for him
3: to beat Tanahashi. Like, sending out pictures, uh, changing his uh, nickname in the group chat. To, like, Josh was all behind Ishii here to, to beat Tana. Oh, and...
1: Yeah. I should probably change my nickname. It, it's probably dated now. I don't even remember what I changed it to. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, man. But yeah. So, uh, moving this, on. To... This might be match of the night, though. It, it could be, yeah.
0: I don't know. The next match might be match of the night. <laughs>
1: Hey, you know what? You know what? We will find out now. Granted, I'm not at all like saying that Eddie Kingston isn't a tough guy. I mean, if you followed his career and you see the type of physical brawls and wars he's had, he's definitely a tough man. But there's tough, and then there's Tomohiro Ishii tough. And you can tell who really is about that life versus what type of match he chooses to have. (laughs) If If he chooses to have a moose match with him, then you know that will tell us one thing. If they go out there and they have like a fucking never style war, then we know like Eddie Kingston's about that life.
3: You know what I mean? So you're saying this is a, a real man match for Eddie? It Kingston. could
1: be, or it could be the maybe you're not such a real man match. Why aren't you having a real man match with Tomohiro Ishii, like the one guy you should be having that match with?
3: Yeah. Well, I and based off the uh, the Gabe Kid match at the beginning of this year, I, I think he's that about- match. Yeah, you're right. I forgot about that. That match slapped so hard, <laughs> <laughs> literally. <laughs> oh man! So uh, moving on to the next matchup here, we have the King Minoru Suzuki taking on House of Black's Brody King. It's King
0: versus King. Yeah, it'll be great. It's one of those things where it's just like I like, I want both of them to win. But the thing about Suzuki is that he's also oh hello, little pupper in the shirt. <laughs> sorry, I got distracted.
1: We don't, we don't usually it's, address the fact that there's a dog with me. Sorry. Do <laughs> K- you pay, know better K- like than to
0: bring a cute animal into, into any conversation with me? I'm like, I get distracted very easy. So like Suzuki, like, I think Oh, it could go either way. Like, I really want Brody King to get a win. But I don't bet against, you know, the, the the king of pro wrestling himself, Minoru Suzuki.
1: I'm going to take Minoru Suzuki for this one reason alone. Brody King doesn't seem to be that high up in the pecking order when it comes to AEW. And Minoru Suzuki is a guy that AEW's gotten, you know, some dates out of and some business. I know it sounds so backwards to be like basing everything off of what they think but from a political standpoint here in the states i think they do have upper hand in these types of decisions even just lending their talent out so i'm gonna guess if i'm tony khan i'm probably gonna have brody king lose the match he gets the quote-unquote rub from even just being in the ring with suzuki and then you know suzuki looks strong that's probably the make good for having uh kingston win earlier in the night i'm gonna probably go with suzuki here honestly
3: yeah, I'm also leaning Suzuki as well. I feel like Brody King loves Suzuki so much, he'd probably be, like, begging to do a job here.
2: <laughs> yeah.
3: And um, we've seen Brody King against guys like Ishii in the past. He he lost to Ishii. And so, like you mentioned, I think he's kind of that, you know, that upper mid-card level, but he can still lose to a lot of the main New Japan roster guys. Um, and also, he, he's kind of haven't been pushed that heavily and strong since he's been in AEW. And so, yeah, I think he's a guy here. He can eat a fall, have a really great match here with Suzuki. And who knows? Maybe an angle happens. Maybe the House of Black comes and attacks Suzuki and we get Suzuki versus House of Black at Forbidden Door. Who knows? I I hope not. (laughs) Are you
0: you holding out for House of Black versus House of Torture at Forbidden Door, Josh?
1: I don't really want to see either of those two groups (laughs) do anything in any respect ever anywhere.
3: Oh. I mean, wow. I'm I'm all for House of Black wrestling. I, I don't care for their you know spooky promos and trying to make a cheerleader you know turn evil or whatever.
1: You can't get one without the other. You just have to understand that if you're gonna watch them wrestle, you're gonna get some spooky bullshit that sucks.
3: <laughs> and So I'm
1: like, you know, do I do I like them yet? Yeah. Do I like them that much? No, I'm I, not. You know, Black Mist and you know calling on Beelzebub and. Lights go so, out, uh, blah blah blah. You know, see,
0: out here, I was going to say that Brody King would be a person I would see that, who would be possibly given a birth at the G1, only because, same principle, he could eat a lot of losses, but also, also still have the stamina to have a lot of great matches,
3: right? And we do know there's reports when Brody King was in Japan during that Super Juniors tour, that Gato and the office was very impressed with Brody King. He was supposed to come in for the World Tag League in 2019, but uh PCO got injured, and they weren't able to make it over for that uh, tournament. So New Japan's always been high on Brody King. Also, he's been one of the guys who's been featured heavily on Strong during the pandemic, and even being a part of AW still featured on these strong tapings and these uh, big New Japan pay-per-view events, so yeah, definitely. Even if he loses here, he can definitely be in consideration for being over in the G1. And again, with House of Black having more members now, uh, Brody wouldn't be missed too much for a month. You can do stuff with Malachi and um, Buddy Matthews while Brody's away. But I'm still leaning towards uh, Suzuki getting the win here.
1: Well, I know it's a little early for this kind of talk, but the uh, the latest or last. Um... You know, example of what you're kind of what you guys are talking about where an outside company allows their talent to come into the the g1 would be the noah run and what did we see there? we had marifuji someone that was super protected went you know almost to the finals was in a block final and you know beat the iwgb champion in that tournament and then they paired him up with nakajima like a future ace but someone who could like eat the losses in the other block I wouldn't be surprised if they did do something like that where they have one really established star that's going to get pushed heavily and then one guy like Brody King who could benefit from being in it but, like, won't necessarily, like, run the gamut. You know what I mean?
0: You say this, but just don't be surprised when Shima's in in the G1 and he's the one that's getting the push just like he did in the New Japan Cup.
3: No, that could easily happen. I wouldn't be surprised at all. I mean, I'm all down for Shima being in the G1. I'm not <laughs>
0: the Shima one. I mean, it'd be
3: cool, but like, I don't know.
1: I'll take Shima he he over, over Uchihiro. What was that? He didn't like the World of Fire during the New Japan Cup or anything. I mean,
3: I mean, he, he had some fun matches, and I, I would take him over Yujiro.
1: Yeah, but this—that that was New Japan Cup. This is G One. you think he's gonna turn up for the G One? I don't know, man. He's kind of old. Old's on top, man. He... Give me T Hawk. You put T Hawk in the G1. Oh, there we go. Yes, please. Yes, yes, please.
0: We, we, did, we did
3: have that T Hawk Okada, you know, showdown uh, a few months yep. ago. So I'll, I'll, I'll be down for that. So moving on now to the semi-main event of Capital Collision, we have the Chaos Team of Kazuchika Okada and Trent Barreta taking on the Bullet Club Team of the Young Gun Hikaleo and the Switchblade jay white good friends better enemies <laughs> basically diesel and sean
1: <laughs> who's diesel and who's sean uh well hikaleo is obviously diesel and um you know jay white sean michaels
3: <laughs> so who, who's okada and beretta in this situation
1: they're the mega powers in so. it Savage. <laughs> the two strongest forces <laughs> coming together.
0: I I know that people are probably going to lean towards Trent Breda eating the pin in this one, but I really feel like Hikoleo might be the one who gets pinned by Okada. Yeah. So you don't bring Okada all the way here just to have him be in a match where he loses, I don't think.
1: You could if what you're trying to do is reestablish Jay White. I listened to the... Um, I watched the uh, press conference that they did last week for the uh, for the upcoming super juniors, and then they they did a small uh, deal with Okada. And I mean, he was kind of bearing Jay and being like, "Yeah, he's been wrestling over in the U.S., but uh, you know, I I don't follow it." (laughs) And he's like, "You know, it doesn't. If you're not over here in Japan, like, what are you really doing?" You know. So that might that sentiment might echo how other people feel about Jay White right now. They might need to really establish him in a strong way. Although I could see a scenario where you're right, where Hikaleo loses due to Jay White, and Jay White still comes out looking strong in the end because he's not taking the pinfall anyways and he probably, you know, ends up standing tall at the very end anyways, either way. And yeah.
0: also there's a rogue Tomatonga who's back here in the States. So there's always room for that because he's not on this card, but his brother is brothers are both of them.
3: Right, that's true too. I think, the and they key...
0: still need to handle Hikaleo choosing Bullet Club over uh the Bloodline. So,
3: well, we also we don't know if Hikaleo is fully chosen Bullet Club. So coming up on Friday, the mutiny Tour, they're they're airing the Hikaleo Jay White match. So I'm sure it's gonna be some kind of ramifications or some kind of you know development happening between Hikaleo and Jay on Friday which could then spill over to this Saturday show, and maybe Hikaleo gets, is upset about how that match happens, or maybe there's an angle at the end of that match, and maybe he's not really Bull Club, and maybe he ends up turning on Jay mid-match, or maybe Jay, like you said, Josh, turns on Hikaleo mid-match and leads him as a sacrifice.
1: My only issue with that is not saying specifically that this match is, you know, selling. Have the tickets even gone on sale yet? Yeah. For, for what? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they have for for this show. Well, yeah, it's uh... but
0: Yes, but it has not sold out, I don't believe.
1: Well, what I was getting at is, you know, not to say that this match is the top selling point for the show, but wouldn't that be a little deceptive if you're buying the ticket and you're being advertised that you're getting Hikaleo and Jay White as a tag team, but then hypothetically, you know, once the, the match between them airs and there's issues, that could result in them not even being the tag team that ends up competing anyways. I don't know. I feel like that could that could potentially get into like deceptive practices. But on the other hand, the the mere fact that they are teaming together, I think, kind of tips their their hat a little bit to let you know like whether there's strife or not. Like they're not splitting up right now. And if it does happen, it might happen in this match. I don't know.
0: Which is why I thought Tama might be the one to uh get himself involved.
3: Right, definitely you could have of coming out. Maybe he's you know, talking to Hikaleo, maybe getting in Jay White's face. There can definitely be, be some G.O.D. interference here. But either way, I think we're going to get our answer what side Hikaleo really is on, whether he is truly Bullet Club or if he's going to be joining up with his brothers in Gorillas of Destiny. But it should be an interesting match here. You know, a preview match for the Dominion main event, Okada defending the world title against Jay White at Dominion. We got Trent Beretta back here in the mix. Uh, should be a, a fun semi-main event. We did have a question here from Reddit user MJSPR. says, Trent is getting a pretty big spot tagging with Okada. Is he there to eat a pin ahead of Dominion, or is Tony protecting everyone at AEW?
1: Um, Before I answer that question, I just want to say, if hypothetically Hikaleo turns on his brothers, I think there's money. In a God versus hikaleo Haku match, just throwing it out there. <laughs> Pretty sure there's money in that. Um, but yeah, uh, as far as Trent Beretta goes, you know, this is Trent is a guy that is a really great hand, he's good friends with uh Okada in real life. They work together a lot of times. Um, you know, in storyline, quote unquote, they're still chaos members, and maybe New Japan thinks hypothetically that he might the most marketable name that they could throw over you know since maybe there's not another like uh, i mean i guess he could have put rocky in here but there's not really too many other cast guys to kind of team with okada anyway so yeah i think he probably is the likely pin eater but at the same time you know he brings up a good point maybe maybe he's just there for uh you know um i don't know what the word is but just to kind of be seen and to get more eyeballs on him and the connection with AEW, that sort
3: of thing. Yeah, the one thing with Trent, though, he eats a lot of pins on AEW television. He doesn't He doesn't win a ton of singles matches. Um, and right. He's lost, he lost to Jay White on Rampage, so he's a guy who gotten beat by New Japan guys on AEW TV. He eats a lot of pins on AEW, so if the Okada team loses here, I think Trent could easily once again eat a Blade Runner and get pinned.
0: I just want good things for Trent. Because I think back back to when he was in New Japan and he, you know, he was with Rocky and in Chaos and all of that, and you know, he was. I think he was someone that when he he and Chucky left, they kind of didn't really get to mourn the loss at all. So it's kind of also refreshing to see that they're going to have this reunion with him and Okada after all this time. I just, you know, I I think maybe I'm still suffering from a little bit of a Bullet Club burnout after Dontaku. <laughs> or I just want somebody else to get a win that's not Bullet Club. But,
1: well, I was hoping that Trent would turn and join Bullet Club.
0: They already, they already got juice. <laughs> they, 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 they're, get, they're getting way too big. They need to stop.
1: <laughs> there's, there's no limits to the size of Bullet Club. History has shown us this. I mean, it's infinite. So Did we
0: not learn anything from the NWO?
1: <laughs> no. It's 2022 and <laughs> we're still doing the NWO.
3: What are you talking about? Oh, man. So uh, moving on, Scott Norton is in the Bullet Club.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs>
3: cash, cashing those checks, yeah.
0: Good for him.
3: Uh, moving on to the main event of this show, and it will be for the IWGP United States Heavyweight Title. It will be up for grabs in a four-way match. The champion, the Ace Hiroshi Tanahashi, will defend his championship against the Death Rider John Moxley rock hard juice robinson and the commonwealth kingpin and leader of the united empire will osprey
1: yeah so this is an interesting one i mean without going too in depth obviously there have been a lot of uh change-ups recently over the past god i mean even just a couple weeks but even going further back than that months and even years when it comes to the booking of this title the plans just continually change and, you know the booking committee with uh new japan just keeps rolling with the punches and you know um i don't think this was the match that was originally intended to happen or planned but you know um we're pretty fortuitous to be the recipients of being able to see this match because everything aligned the way it has for better or for worse and uh i can't remember the last time i was this excited for a four-way in new japan um honestly i think the last time i was this excited for a four-way might be like that Wrestle Kingdom we had Skrull and Hiromu and Osprey and uh, who Kushida? was it? Kushida. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, this is a really high stakes four way match with uh, you know, I mean, a lot of converging storylines. It's kind of cool.
0: It, it's a lot to unpack because you know you have Tanahashi, who's like the the third three time U.S. champion. You have two former two time U.S. champions, and then you have Osprey. but it's one of those things where it's just like, I don't know which way this match is going to pan out. Of course, I had the way I want it to pan out, but it's one of those things like if it's not going to be Tanahashi, I hate to say it, I want Juice Robinson to have the belt, and I want him to have a good run with the belt. Because that was the one thing they really didn't afford him when he had the belt. He got it one time, and he lost it on the first defense to Cody, and then they had to wait till Russell Kingdom to get it back. And then he had a, a somewhat decent run with it. But then Moxley took it off of him. And then Moxley had it for way too long. So it's one of those things where it's just like... I hate to say it, Osprey fans. I don't think he's ready to shoulder another cha- a singles championship just yet. But I I think if they want to elevate this title to the place they keep saying they want to put it. As like the replacement for the Intercontinental title. That it's either going to have to be Tanahashi or Robinson to do it.
3: Yeah, I'm all for uh, Juice Robinson getting the win here. Uh, I think it makes a ton of sense with all the momentum that Bull Club has after Dontaku and going into Dominion. So it seems like, you know, all the goal is heading Bull Clubs away. So I think it makes sense to put the belt on Juice Robinson. And in this four-way scenario, once again, Will Ospreay can use this four-way match as a, a claim of New Japan screwing him and even though it'll it'll be ironic because he was the one who made the challenge for this four way, he could then lobby claims say, you know, New Japan forced him in this four way He didn't get his one on one title rematch. He can, you know parade around with those claims and continue his whole campaign against New Japan, screwing him over.
1: I don't know which way they're going to go with this one. Um, you I know just because hope it's
0: not moxley. he He's had the belt for too long. He doesn't need it.
1: It, it could easily be moxley because i know uh because of the business that he does in both north america and in japan for them it could easily be him um i could see it being will osprey i mean i understand that they've been doing the storyline with him getting screwed and if he doesn't win they're obviously going to continue that through whatever means but um this could be the end of that this could be like this time they didn't screw me and maybe he cheats to win and then he carries the belt into say forbidden door. That'd be a way to get him onto the card against whoever, you know, I don't know. Um, this is truly a pick 'em. I I think all four guys could easily be the winner. And I mean, that's always kind of the case, but like, they all have legitimate, you know, routes uh, as far as career trajectory. The only thing I will say, the one guy who I think is the least likely from a certain perspective is um, Juice. Mm. Not because I don't think Juice couldn't carry it in New Japan, but I think Juice wouldn't be a very marketable guy to suddenly get it after having gone through a law for a little while. And then to if they plan to use this title as any sort of um, highlight during the upcoming co-branded pay-per-view, he would be the least attractive champion of the three not saying he still couldn't do it but that might be the one hiccup to me thinking he might carry it in japan obviously he'll be over like rover but um it's a harder
0: sell here in the states
1: yeah i'm leaning either tanahashi retaining or moxley winning it
3: yeah
0: the one Oh, sorry, go ahead.
3: No, so yeah, that, that can make sense because, you know, obviously, they've been, we've been teasing for a long time now a Moxley Tanahashi one on one match at Windy Seed Riot. Moxley specifically called out Tanahashi, and it seems like that was supposed to be the original plans here uh, before Osprey got COVID and pulled out of that U.S. title match, and Tanahashi ended up winning the U.S. title. Um, I think, yeah, either Tanahashi, you know, pins Juice or Osprey, and then you can do Tana defending against Moxley forbidden door or. Mox wins and Mox can defend against Tana at Forbidden Door.
0: I was going to say one of those two or build off of resurgence from uh, last year where Lance Archer told Tanahashi he wants a rematch on AEW. And if Tana were to keep it, Forbidden Door would be a great place for them to have that rematch.
1: That's possible too. I mean, there's so many... um kind of like loose threads when it comes to the U S title and the different,
0: there's no stability things. to it. They need, they need someone to give it stability.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. There's a lot of different things they planned to do, wanted to do that didn't pan out. And then, um, it, it's been a little hot potatoy with this title. And I think that, you know, it's great putting it on big names and having, you know, uh, attractive matches for it. But at the same time, if there's no, uh, stability, then the title kind of loses some of its, um, prestige it kind of becomes like never status and you don't really want it to get there so i'm gonna say tana normally i would say no to tanahashi retaining but just because of the circumstances i think he does win but i do struggle to figure out who he beats because i feel like um all three all three guys like really man it's just a it's a tough one to figure out who's going to win it it's a tough one to see who's going to take the pin
0: if tanahashi does retain i think the only person who could probably take the pin and be okay with it would be juice because mm. if if he pin yeah. if he if he pins Osprey it's too definitive if he pins moxley like going back to the whole aew argument he's probably not going to pin moxley clean unless Osprey does something to help him out
1: or someone else
0: or or someone else I it's just one of those things where it's just like it it's it's hard. It's trying to even just trying to wrap your head around all the different ways it could go.
3: Yeah.
2: There's
0: so many ways it could go.
3: Right. I mean, the thing that really, <laughs> even
0: though it's a four way, <laughs>
3: the thing yeah. that really has me, uh, you know, backing juice here is just how hot that angle came off at Russell yeah. taku with his heel turn, him joining bull club. And there's so much buzz around him turning and that angle came off so well. Like I think a great way to follow that up would, would be to have him win the title. But then again, like you mentioned, Josh, you got to think about the implications of Forbidden Door and how all that's going to play out. So, yeah, I mean, literally any one of these guys can walk out of the championship here.
1: I'm, I'm not, I'm not, oh, go ahead. I'm also hesitant about having Juice be the guy that eats the pinfall either way because whether he wins or not, if he's the the, the guy eating the pinfall, it does hurt his momentum a little bit. Coming off of what you just kind of mentioned, Jeremy, um, one thing I will predict if any of these guys do win other than Tanahashi, unlike other, you know, multi-man title matches where the champion doesn't get pinned, I think Tanahashi's the prime guy to take the pinfall from any of the other three guys that, that to me, that makes the most sense. And it'll be definitive in that, you know, in that way.
0: If that's the case, I think it's going to be Mox ping Tanahashi to keep Osprey keep getting it cut out and screwed out of the whole storyline. Like that's could the happen. way I could see, that, that would be the only way I could see it happening.
1: And, and if Mox is the guy that wins the title, then that means that there's a good possibility that he ends up in the G1 at that point. Um, you know, oh, I guess depending on what happens at the upcoming pay-per-view, of course, but
3: Yeah, I mean, I could see a situation where Mox hits a death rider on Tanahashi, then Osprey sneaks in, steals the pin from Moxley. Gets a title, and then you can do a, a Osprey Moxley rematch at Forbidden Door. Man, this is a tough one.
1: I don't know. I, I'm going <laughs> Tanahashi because
3: I, I'm I'm just going
1: Tanahashi. I don't know. Me too.
0: The belt, <laughs> the belt needs stability, and Tanahashi's <laughs> alone could who can give it stability and elevate it. I
3: don't know. I'm I'm going to back Juice here. I, I I love that angle, and there's so much buzz, and I'll probably be wrong, but I don't know. I, I'll I'll back our back our boy here.
1: Well, at the end of the day, they're gonna do another juice and tanahashi matching down the line somewhere And the real question is how do we get from here to there you know what i mean right
2: because and it will the title
1: like, even be involved
0: yeah because you know with dominion they could easily put they could either give juice or osprey the singles match at dominion
3: right it's true and we have a, could, a question they here. could run it back
1: all four guys.
3: <laughs> yeah. Do the... <laughs>
0: you think AEW could like r- give up Moxley for the weekend?
3: Oh, yeah. Def- definitely. Yeah. Uh, we did have a question here from Reddit user Less Commission Seven Two Five Two. Says, so would you guys say that John Moxley has cursed United United Championship after he held onto it for over a year, barely defending it? When was it first introduced into the company? It was held at least for three to four months, but after he lost it, the belt has been passed around every one to two months.
0: I wouldn't I wouldn't blame Moxley for that. That's a booking decision. Like they chose to put the belt on him and they chose to shelve it for a year while he was uh when the pandemic started and everything else. So it's one of those things like I don't blame Moxley, I blame who was ever in charge of the booking of the championship. Because you you know, things like Kenta getting injured and Sonata getting injured, that's stuff like that just happens. Right. I wouldn't I'm pin just, it on Moxley.
1: I'll just say this and I know I don't usually like to be this guy, but it's just the truth. That title ain't made Really hasn't meant that much since Kenny Omega lost it. When he held it, it was main eventing shows. After he lost it,
0: eh. Didn't he have a match with Yoshihashi where he didn't bring the belt? Like, yeah. he, had, he like so it's, I don't know. I just feel like, the, like in f- the less than five years that there's been 14 champions, plus it sat on the shelf for a year,
1: yeah. yeah and when he it deserves he
0: held mu- it, it deserves much better booking and i don't i feel like while the never and the icy title were run it was an afterthought and now they're scrambling to make it worth something
1: except when kenny held it when kenny held it it was main eventing big time shows and it was a major prize because he was the top guy and he held it and after he dropped it it didn't mean shit with switchblade it didn't mean anything with juice he got booked into oblivion cody fucked off with that belt that belt hasn't really meant much. I mean, it's only just now
3: starting to kind of mean something, right? I think the, with, the
0: only only times it's been placed high on Wrestle Kingdom cards when Kenny had it and when Tanahashi had it. That's yeah. it,
3: exactly. Um, and so, with the IC title being gone now, I think they are trying to, you know, trying to figure out where the U.S. title lands in the picking order. It seemed like at one point, you know, they were trying to elevate the never title when it was on Jay White. But it seems like it never is kind of going back to its original slotting. And I think they're going to try and focus on making that U.S. title, that that number two, that IC-level title. But the only way they can do that is to, you know, get a champion who's going to hold the belt for a while, establish it, and, again, keep it on main event guys like a Kenny Omega, taroshi Tanahashi, who can main event pay-per-views, who so can be in semi-main events at Wrestle Kingdom.
0: And here's the thing. You have an entire U.S. division, that belt should be visible at all the U.S. shows. It should not be stuck in Japan for months at a time. You need not, to have it. On, you need to have it on someone who can go back and forth.
1: But it's like the intercontinental title. It doesn't matter. It's you know, it's just a designation. It's just like the European title is never in Europe. It's whatever, you know. <laughs> yeah, but I
0: mean, we have New Japan Strong. We have the Strong Open Weight. Why? Why isn't the U.S. Championship? featured more heavily on the US-based New Japan program. That's that's my biggest problem with it, especially in the last two years. They've had, like, Kenta defended that briefcase when he had it more, both in Japan and on New Japan Strong, than that belt that's been de- defended in the last two years yeah. on the US soil.
1: Yeah, you know.
0: Again, somebody give me the playbook. I'll book book the belt and make it worth something. Tanahashi might have it for a long time, but that's fine.
3: (laughs) Uh, We had a question here from Rambo and Slam Pig. It says, how will the matches at Capital Collision build to the forbidden door pay-per-view, or will it kind of exist off to the side the same way prior NJPW USA has been? It feels more cohesive these days.
1: Yeah, I mean, we'll have to wait and see, obviously. I mean, they've got some aw talent involved on this show i'm assuming that there'll be a lot of like announcements and you know surprises we saw some of that on just the the last um Windows city riot show and i wouldn't be surprised if we have stars from either company coming out for various different reasons to kind of build to that show i'm not saying that everything will be built here but some stuff will definitely be built and so that's kind of my expectation uh, yeah, they
0: don't they don't have another US i pay-per-view style show before open our open door, forbidden door. So it's one of those things like they could do stuff on strong and but it'd probably fall more onto the the show this weekend or setting stuff up on AEW TV programming.
3: Right. And I think we like Or
0: when- just announcing things being like, hey guys, just just so you know, here's your 20 your man tag match. Enjoy. <laughs>
3: Um, like, when you see Riot, I mean, we saw a lot of angles happened to set up this show that I don't think people were expecting. You know, the whole Brody challenging Suzuki and it, Kingston coming out and cooking the promo on Ishii. Like, we saw a lot of angles that led to this show, and I think there's a potential for a lot of angles to come out that will lead to Forbidden Door. We also, got to think we do have Dominion at the beginning of June. We could see guys go to Japan and set up angles for Forbidden Door. And like you mentioned, Karen, obviously we can have guys show up on dynamite or rampage i mean we're seeing some of the the la dojo guys they're working dark uh elevation and dark um so we can see more guys show up on aw programming to set up uh, forbidden door matches
1: same thing too you know it's a it's a showcase show you know what i mean it's an attraction show so i mean there might be some stories leading into it but i'm not gonna be surprised at all if we're getting you know just if we just get a card announced with major you know some major matches and stuff like that. I mean, you look at like Starcade 95, there wasn't, you know, a program set up for Otani and Eddie Guerrero. They just went out there and did it. And it fucking rocked. I wouldn't be surprised if we get a lot of that. Yeah.
0: A press conference would be nice though. Or, or, or some sort of informational special program, YouTube special, whatever to explain, especially for the fans on both sides of the fence that don't, aren't familiar with the other company's talent. that was a problem that we had with you know the Noah show with the crossover show back in January at Yokohama Budokan. And it's for some people that were able to see the New Japan All Japan show, same thing. It's the communicating to the audience as a whole that yes, while some of you know who these people are, many of you probably don't, and educating them and saying why this matters or why this show matters you know
3: what I mean, right? Yeah, I think that'd be fun. I think a, a joint press conference could be a lot of fun, um, do some angles, some pull apart brawls, and really kind of spark some fire for the Forbidden Door pay per view. Well, now that's uh, it for Capital Collision, should be a fun show this Saturday. Let's turn our focus now to Best of the Super Juniors 29, which will be kicking off this Sunday in Japan. So those for you who are new, Best of the Super Juniors is an annual tournament that is held every year by New Japan. Originally, it was top of the Super Juniors in 1988 before becoming Best of the Super Juniors in 1994. The tournament is held in round-robin format with the field wrestlers split into two blocks. Each will have a match of every wrestler in their block in order to score points. The scoring system is as follows. A win is worth two points. A draw is worth one point, and a loss is worth zero points. Whoever has the most point in each block at the end of block play will advance to the finals, where it is winner takes all. Should there be a tie for first place, a tiebreaker will go to the winner of the block match. And before we look at the participants, I just want to plug the final countdown series that Josh and I did Uh, During the pandemic, when New Japan was shut down, we went back and we watched every Super Junior slash top of the Super Junior tournament final match that was on tape from 1988 all the way to, I think we went up to 2019 to watch all those final matchups. I think there was three years where we couldn't find the footage for it, Uh, but go back in the archives, check out the final countdown and check out those uh, finals matches from Best of Super Juniors, a lot of uh, really great matchups from those finals. So now we'll look here at the participants from each block, kind of talk about their history in the tournament, and then talk about matches that we're looking forward to these people being in, and then who we think has a, a good shot at winning their block and then winning the whole tournament. So we'll start with the A block First guy we'll look at is Resgate Gucci. This is his 19th entry in Best of Super Junior, his 17th consecutive. He was the 2012 winner, and he is currently one half of the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champions. So, Karen, how are you feeling about the Funky Weapon here?
0: I mean, I always enjoy the Funky Weapon. I guess we're going to finally—it's been a long time coming. We'll have the return of Sirius to Gucci, but— I don't know. I think he, I, I know people keep pulling for Teguchi one last run with the title and one last run with winning super juniors. He doesn't need it. He's one of the most decorated people in this entire tournament. He just needs to go there and have a good time. And honestly, I want to see yo pin him finally. Cause that still <laughs> hasn't happened.
1: <laughs> um, it was interesting during the uh, press conference for this, um, event, they had Ishimori and he complained that he's in the same block as both Kenemaru and Taguchi feels like it's a conspiracy because, you know, uh, Taguchi has quite a few pinfall wins and singles matches against him. So, um, you know, kind of look for that to maybe continue to be a storyline or, you know, however that plays out. But, uh, yeah, I kind of echo the same sentiment as Karen. You know, Teguchi—he's a guy that has been really clutch in these tournaments for many years. But you know, we're getting to the point where, like, I wouldn't be surprised if we have one to two big match performances. He's just kind of a bit player in there. He goes out there, and does his shtick. He'll be solid. I'm not saying he's gonna like just completely phone it in. Uh, I mean, Taguchi's great, but uh,
0: he can easily play spoiler for someone.
1: Yeah, he'll Definitely. probably. I think that's where he's kind of um, resigned to. There was a time not too many years ago where he was a guy that was always in play to be a tournament or a block favorite. And, you know, you kind of look at the field that he's in now, and I I can't say that same thing right now. I don't think that's realistic. So I think he'll do well. I think he'll spoil some people. He'll have some good matches. But uh, that's about the best we can hope for. I wouldn't be surprised if with him spoiling people, we don't see him get a quickie victory over somebody like he did over Kushida a few years ago.
3: Right. And I think another thing to be on the lookout for, like I mentioned, he is one half of the junior tag team champions right now. So anybody who pins him could potentially set up a junior tag title match, people who have partners. And I think the first thing that really popped out to me is Francisco Akira, new United Empire member. Um, and TJP's in the other block as well. So you could have. Francisco Akira pinning Toguchi, which sets up Akira and TJP challenging Toguchi and Watto.
0: I could easily see it switch the other way around with TJP pinning Watto, since they're in the same block together.
3: Right.
1: I mean, if it comes down to Watto eating the loss or Gucci, I'm always going to lean towards Watto,
3: just saying. (laughs) Yeah. And also in this block, I mean, you have Hiromu. You could do and Bushi. You have Kanamaro, You can do, do Despi or Kanamaro Doki. You got Ishimori. You can do Ishimori ELP. Um, so there's a lot, a lot of options here for people when they beat Deguchi. It could also lead to junior tag title match in the future. Um, but yeah, like you guys mentioned, Deguchi should be a solid performer here. Should have some, you know, decent matchups. Play spoiler. But honestly don't think he has any shot at winning the A block here. So moving on to the next participant, the ticking time bomb, Hiromu Takahashi. This is his seventh entry, his third consecutive. He is the 2018, 2020, and 2021 winner.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, uh, more Hiromu, which is great. I mean, Hiromu's, you know, the poster boy for the division has been for a long time and, you know, um, It's been years since we've had a a final that he wasn't involved in. And, you know, he's won the majority of the tournaments the past few years. I mean, if he did win this year, I think he ties um, Koji Kenemoto for most tournament wins, which would put him in rarefied air. But he's doing it in a much more compressed and shorter time span than, you know, Kenemoto did all those years ago. So that's kind of something to look out for. My whole feeling is, like, if he does win... Now, could he win the block? Sure. And can he win the tournament? Yeah. But if he does, I I mean, I'll be bored to death with the junior division, considering how many outsiders they brought in, how many exciting new, like, fresh storylines they could be doing. If we're just going back to Hiromu winning the tournament again, I'll be very much questioning the competency of the booking committee at this point. Um, But I can't remember a tournament... In recent memory, where he wasn't the standout guy across the board, so look for Hiromu to like show up, stand out, and probably outperform everybody in the tournament. And you know that's not hyperbole; that's what history tells us he does time and time again.
0: I love Hiromu. Don't get me wrong, but again, he's if you look at his his tracker record, he isn't someone who needs to win this tournament. He's consistently in the main event. He's a multi-time IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion. He doesn't need the super juniors. You know what I mean? I I I get tying the record like tying the rec- the more advanced record and becoming even more advanced as a a man within the division. But part of me feels like he's outgrown the division. Like he should be fighting open weight at this point. He should be. He's fought heavyweights. He's gone very far in the New Japan Cup in the past. It's this is something I've always been, you know, holding like holding close to my heart about the junior division. They need to make more people credible threats in the division, or the belt is always going to go back through the same four people: Hiromu, Desperado, Ishimori, and Robbie Eagles. That's it. And I love all of those guys. But there are so many other people in the division that could stand to have a share of the wealth
3: yeah totally agree because if,
0: you. at this rate if if Hiroma wins he's already gonna be a lock for the dome already because you' he's gonna be he's, he's a runaway favorite but for some people that's great because you know the hermo people fans love it for him. but if you love the division and you want what's best for the division, I don't necessarily think Hioma winning the entire tournament again. Especially this close in cons- in consecutive ma- manner. I just don't think it's necessary for him.
3: Right, and we've been saying that for a while now here on this show. Anytime we talk about Hiromu and his spot in the junior division, you know it has to move away from being just Hiromu and friends. They need to elevate other people, create new stars, so that way Hiromu can venture up, do some more open weight stuff, and potentially become heavyweight. You need to create some more relying draws within the division. I think they've been trying to do that with El Desperado, but you still need some uh, other people to, to elevate and bring some excitement into division. Now, that being said, I do think Hiromu is a heavy favorite here to win the A block. When I look at the field, there's a lot of debut entries in here. There's a, there's a lot of guys where I don't see them winning this block or even the whole tournament but Hiromu is one of the guys I look at here that I think he is definitely one of the heavy favorites to to win this a blocking in the game of the finals again. Um, any yeah. uh, particular matchup <laughs> that you guys are looking forward to for Hiromu?
1: Um, I, for me, with Hiromu, um, sort of looking at the field here, I think I'm going to go with Alex Zane. He isn't necessarily somebody that I'm overly um, excited about but just the daredevil nature both of those guys really might you know kind of spark that old flame in Hiromu so that's probably the one I've got earmarked
0: uh you can't go wrong with him versus Ishimori but I would I am curious about him versus Kanemaru
1: Mm. why do you say that
0: I for some reason I I just feel in my gut that not saying it's kanemaru's year but i feel like he's meant for more than just Mm. being desperado's left-hand man and now tagging with doki because you know when he was in noah he was very highly decorated and he hasn't really had that opportunity as a singles competitor in new japan yet
3: right and we'll, we'll talk about kanemaru in a second but i do feel like he is a guy that usually is pretty slept on he ends up winning more matches than people expect or beating people that people don't think he would beat. He's definitely a guy to keep your eyes out for in these type of uh, multi-block tournaments. Yeah. Uh, uh, for me, I would, I'm would i most interested in probably Hiromu versus Francisco Akira. Uh, I really loved Akira's match with Gabe Kidd at RevPro a few months ago, and I, I think him and Hiromu could have a really hard-hitting and this high-flying crazy matchup. So uh, moving on to the next participant here, Yo. This is his fifth entry, second Uh, consecutive. How are we feeling about Yo here?
1: Yo's here. I will be fair (laughs) to Yo since Karen is with us. Um,
0: You can bury him. It's fine.
1: (laughs) I'm not going to bury him because, you know, like he – this is going to tell us a lot. You know, he's a guy that uh, last year he went through that whole redemption story, right? And then at the end of it, um, lost the finals. But you would have thought the way that they booked him, it would have led to, you know, it was supposed to be a redemption story where he just fails at the end and then comes out stronger. But he hasn't really progressed from a booking standpoint at all since then. If anything, he's maybe regressed. So it kind of feels like they're maybe setting the stage for something similar to happen. The only thing that's confusing is like, it's going to be much harder for him to run that same kind of gauntlet with so many fresh faces and and new stories and things like that. So it, I do think that it's interesting. I might not be excited for it, but it is interesting from that standpoint, you know, where they go with him moving forward in this tournament.
0: Yeah. So for me, it's like I want to be cautiously optimistic for him, especially after him getting to the finals. But then seeing the rug pulled out out from under him, starting with the dome show against show, and how it's kind of like he's he he went he finally got to that like that first plateau, and then they just like shot him straight back down to the bottom, and like his match with Haruma at Don'taku, like that lead up where Hiroshi's like, "Are you just collecting a paycheck? What are you doing here? Don't assume mm. you're going to be in the super juniors. You're not even acting like you care anymore. Like you're just like you're so checked out." So for me, it's like I don't. I don't want to emotionally invest myself again to believe that he could be that guy especially when he's in the same block as hiromu ishimori and show like that's very hard for me as someone who's a, like a long time yo fan like i want him to succeed but i don't trust the company at this point to let him like i feel like they're gonna if they're gonna give him another like he drops the first few and then runs the table again i don't want them to start turning him into sonata every year when sonata's in the g1
3: Right. But that's that's a good comparison.
0: But that's the pattern they give him. He's always the bridesmaid, never the bride.
3: Right. And I think with the whole Wrestling Dontaku match with Hiromu and and the build up to that match, I I do feel like we are being set up here for another redemption story for Yo. I feel like it's going to start off the same way. He's going to eat a lot of losses and he's going to come back and potentially make a play to be in the finals. Obviously, the the big matchup here is him and Show are on the last night. So to me, that screams a potential. They are,
2: uh... yeah,
3: yeah, that screams potential. You know, the winner of that could potentially go to could win the block and go to the finals. Um, we know last year Yo beat Show, so maybe Show gets his revenge here and Show knocks Yo out from going to the block finals, and either Show could go to the block finals or shows it's a spoiler and, and stops yo from going to the finals
1: you know if, I'm they, not that, if they
0: end up sorry, i
1: was
3: gonna say i'm not that
1: excited for a redemption story but what i would be excited for is if yo goes out there and works a redemption style match structure what i mean by that is instead of like all of us like wondering is he gonna get these quick roll-ups and you know a cool, fast one on guys. What if he just went out there and just started fucking killing it? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. just start having, like, banger-ass matches. If he goes out there that's all and, I like,
0: want for him.
1: <laughs> if he just goes out there and starts having great matches, I'll shut my mouth about Yo, and I'll give him his flowers, because I think he does probably have that potential. We haven't seen it lately, but if he were to just go out there and just start working, like, killer matches with guys and just looking great, then that's really all I, you know then then from there you're like man he really made a name for himself in that super juniors which is not something we've ever been able to say about him even in last year's tournament so
3: right if he's not gonna win this block i think he really needs to have some killer performances he needs to be a guy at the end of this tournament where we're debating whether he was you know the mvp of the a block mvp of the whole tournament like he needs to really put on some star making performances especially if he's not going to end up winning the A block and getting to the finals.
0: See the hard thing about it for Yo is that like there are people in this block that he he never be- beats. He never beats Doguchi. he hardly ever beats Hiromu, he never beats Ishimori. Show it's 50-50. And then Kanemaru tends to outsmart just about everybody, so it's it's he's got a very large mountain to climb, and you know, not knowing how he's going to work with Connor, Zane, Austin, or Akira, it's just I I want to I want to believe I want to believe so badly, but it's more of, it, it, it's just the I'll believe it when I see it. Right now, just because I haven't seen it and I haven't felt it, like I need him to ditch. Like I love his all white gear. I need him to ditch it. I need him to be sparkly again. I need I need something from him because he's he ever since he's come back and switched to this mode of himself. He's missing like he, he's there but his soul it, it doesn't feel like it's in it anymore. Yeah. And it makes it hard to believe him as a, a a you know a downtrodden underdog baby face.
1: Well, you know, Goto's not the best guy to take style advice from, so
0: <laughs> hey at least goto has some texture and some design and some color on his clothing
1: no I, i'm referring to the this is the same gear goto wore that time when he came in with all the cons.
0: oh the all white yeah yeah I, I yeah that too it's just yeah. it's
1: you should dress like okada you dress like okada you might get pushed you know what i'm saying He he, he color your hair Something.
0: <laughs> I, I I just like want to make him over and just be like, be a sparkly happy boy again because you 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 like felt like you meant something or you even cared at that point. Like he just I just feel like his heart's not in it anymore.
1: Watch his heartbreaking. To watch a long time fan. Yeah. See what Doki does and then just do that.
3: And You'll get over.
0: <laughs> Doki <laughs> wears lots of sparkly and textured clothing. <laughs>
3: You, you want the mask. you want Yo to have death matches with Jun kasai <laughs>
0: yes sure if, if that lights a fire under him sure hell i'll fight him <laughs> we'll see how that works
3: uh, let's take a look at the next participant here yoshinobu kanamaru's this fifth entry second consecutive how are we feeling about the drunken master in this year's tournament
0: He's spoiler and sleeper favorite i don't know i feel like i just something my gut's telling me that there's something to watch about him this year
1: kanemaru has that reputation from a certain you know less knowledgeable or you know more um recent you know joiners of the fan base where they think he's kind of like someone that you can skip his matches or just miss and most of the time, he'd probably be right, but during Super Juniors, he does turn up a gear, and he does kind of facilitate that quasi-dad role where, you know, like Liger and Tiger Mask, they always turned up for these tournaments. Well, he does the same thing, and he gets surprising wins you wouldn't expect, and his matches are a lot, they're very varied, they're very different all across the each night, and they're very enjoyable, and so he's kind of this strange X factor that you can't discount even though he's not going to win the tournament and uh yeah I, i'm i'm always glad when he's in these honestly
0: it's like you take liger tiger and yano and roll them all into one and that's Kanamaro
2: <laughs> like you take all the like,
0: yeah that too like he, he's just there's just like he gets very out of the box especially when it comes to trying to get people counted out and that's one of the things that i really enjoy about him is that he he reminds everybody that wrestling isn't just who's the strongest or who's the fastest. You have to use your brain too.
3: Right, and that's the one thing I do like about Kanamaru's matchups is, especially if you watch the undercard matchups, he usually does a lot of work the night before to set up his block matches. There's been several times where he will attack an opponent's knee, their arm. He'll set up some kind of injury angle the the previous night on the undercard in the multi-man matchups, and then Play on that in his matchups in the tournament Match the block match the next night and we've Seen that over and over again especially You know the last couple tournaments he's been in Where he one night he jumps a Guy attacks hits him with a chair on the knee and then The next night you know he's always doing is working that knee Working the figure four and it's such a story And either he's going to take advantage and win Or that guy's going to come back and One up uh, Kanemaru
1: Yeah Kanemaru in undercard B block tag matches he's going to be like Fuck your knee bing (laughs) bong (laughs) <laughs> Doesn't give a fuck.
3: Uh, any matchups here that we're looking forward for uh, Kanemaru? Mm.
0: Yeah, I'd be curious to see him <laughs> against Ace Austin. Yeah, why not? And and Yo, I mean, but then again, Yo might not win. He could win, but uh, I and think... then him and him and uh, Kanemaru and Ishimori.
3: Yeah, Ishimori is who I was gonna say. With Yo,
1: oh well, yeah, that's a, there's a lot of history there, obviously. For me, Yo being the most pure babyface guy in the whole block, and Kenomaro being like, you know, the slimy old bastard. The heel being, master, <laughs> yeah, like that's that's probably why I'm most excited for that.
3: Yeah, I think uh, even uh, him and Show, you could have like a cheat off. Who can out cheat each other the most with him and Show?
1: Oh, oh Show. Well, here he did that last year. Remember?
3: Yeah. Well, they could, they could run it back. <laughs> Yeah, show has Sh- a lot of issues. Show's Sh- Sh-
0: Sh- not going to learn his lesson either. He's, right. he's getting counted out again.
3: <laughs> uh, so next up, we're going to look at the Bone Soldier Taiji Ishimori. It's his sixth entry, fifth consecutive, and he is the current reigning IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion.
1: He won the title. Obviously, that would normally give you a lot of momentum coming into the tournament, um, but in this case, because it just happened so quickly and haphazardly. I feel like he's just, you know, the champion. He's just the guy that has the title. He's obviously gonna do really well. He's gonna win a lot of matches and be in play towards the end. But, uh, and Ishimura is a great talent. So hopefully the fact that he is the champion will inspire him to have more, um, you know, kind of competitive matches and, and, you know, cause I feel like he hasn't really taken the last three super juniors, super seriously you know aside from a few a couple hand selected matches not like his first super his first super juniors he came in and was like you know but he hasn't looked like that in a while um i did see during the press conference i felt bad um just kind of give you an idea where they they did a uh, an open like question and answer session right and when when it was okata's turn he had like eight different publications like asking him questions um ishimori had two <laughs> <laughs> and it was tokyo sports and it was new japan's official website there, of course. there, was, there, was only, there were course the were only two that asked him questions and they were not even really about him they were questions about just other they were kind of like man you guys didn't prep any questions like this this is horrible so you know it kind of gives you an idea of like what the uh i guess the wrestling press over there kind of feels about him in this title run,
3: you
0: know? Yeah. Well, and the other thing for Ishimori is that he's been the junior tag champion three times. This is his third reign as the singles champion. He's another one can, He can consistently have great matches. He doesn't need to win the tournament. Like I Like, I love Ishimori, don't get me wrong, but I feel like he's there to set somebody up for a title match at Dominion. Like someone's going to pin him,
3: right? And usually in these, you know,
0: usually it's a super junior winner that goes against him. But I feel like they're also going to set up his.
3: There is
1: one hole in that logic. I agree with what you're saying, but he's never won a super junior. So.
0: Correct. He's not going to
1: win this one, but that's <laughs> kind of a, a a missing piece of his legacy in New Japan
0: yeah. right now. Right. But and it usually... doesn't seem like he's going anywhere anytime soon. Right. Even though he is in his late 30s, um, I don't think this needs to be his year to win it has it has anyone won it recently as champion like no. one usually it's somebody else because they, they would in have to That was
1: like the last one.
3: Okay. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Usually in these, you know, two two block tournaments, the champion is not winning a block or getting in the tournament finals. Like I can definitely see Ishimori ending with 12 points and being yeah. alive in the final night, but I don't see him um winning I feel
0: like that's what happened to him 2 years ago like he he got into the last night and then got eliminated based on points yeah. or win losses
3: Yeah I think that's what's going to happen for him again like you mentioned Karen I think also his match is going to be very important because whoever beats him is going to be potential challengers for Dominion and future tours and uh but you know I think like you mentioned Josh with him being champion again I think he's going to feel very motivated I think we're going to see some Uh, better performances from him I mean he has a lot of good guys here in this block to have great matches with Uh, we know him and Hiromu typically have pretty great matchups and you got a lot of fresh blood here of Alex Zane and Ace Austin and Francisco Akira and Clark Connors like I feel like they set him up here with a lot of great opponents that he could really shine here
1: you know the interesting thing though even though he's champion he's kind of slotted to that I'm the guy with the belt, but the real star is Hiromu because almost every night that the A block is headlining, Hiromu's in the main event. He's not
3: headlining.
0: That was the same problem Desperado had, too. Right.
3: Right. And the interesting thing is uh, Ishimori will be facing Hiromu on the last night of A block action. So, to me, that's a clear block-decider matchup right there. Hiromu's losing that night. (laughs) Really? You you think uh, Ishimori's going to beat him?
1: Or I don't think or... is winning the block. Hmm. I think Ishimori's going to beat him to knock him out of contention for winning the block.
0: And then lose to whoever wins B block?
1: Uh, well, no. He's, I he's,
0: don't... he's losing to Doki, right? Doki's winning the whole <laughs> Super Junior?
1: I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure either Sho or Yo are winning this block.
0: Hmm. Don't get my hopes up.
1: I'm not saying that for your benefit. I... I... <laughs> I'm, I'm
0: old, Josh. I, my heart can't take it. I can't take any more disappointment and heartbreak. <laughs> I,
1: I called Yo winning the block last year, and I think I, I think it's gonna be Show or Yo again this year. <sighs> show. Oh show.
3: Well speaking of Show, he's the next guy here on the list. This is his fifth entry, fifth consecutive. He is one third of the never open weight six-man tag team champions. And I do agree. I, I think Show is a heavy favorite here To win the A block You look at the push he's been getting with House of Torture and everything that's been Going on there and Also he's been a guy even before the heel Turn a guy that they've been building up And pushing in these super juniors he's been having Great matches previous the the Heel turn and somebody's been pushed Every year you can look at his point totals Kind of going up and being pushed higher and higher In these tournaments and again you Look at that final night he's facing Yo so to me once again like the Show and Yo match and then the Hiromu-Ishimori match are like the two most important matches from the A block on that final uh, night of action where both blocks will be in action on that on final night there uh, before the finals. Um, so I feel like him and him and Yo are going to be a very important matchup. He's going to be looking for revenge to um, beat, beat Yo and get into the finals. So I could see Show win the A block. Do I want him to win the A block? No, because I'm not sure what kind of show we're going to get here. If we're going to get a torture show, I don't want him winning the A block, but uh for potentially maybe we get a little bit of the old show, I, I would be fine with him winning the A-block.
1: Show's winning the A-block.
3: I'm just telling you right
1: now. Like, I, I could be wrong, but uh I think he's winning the A-block. And of course, it's like you said, it depends on what show we're getting. At this point in time, I'm pretty sure no matter what, we're getting House of Torture show. But I'm holding out hope that maybe in a final scenario, he's like, you know, it's like Jay White, you know, all those years where Jay White was like, you know, kind of inconsistent, a lot of story, you know, driven uh, matches where they're developing his character and all the shenanigans. And then when the time was right, he went out there and he had bangers with guys like Okada, Tanahashi and stuff like that. So maybe we already know what kind of talent show is. He's a, you know, quite honestly from his generation of guys the most talented one in my opinion and the person that I would build the division around and he's being held down by a terrible gimmick and eventually that's going to shift, you know. So I'm still bullish on him long term, but um just kind of looking at the block, I don't know if he's winning Super Juniors but I'm looking at this block and I think the tea leaves are there. I think he's winning the A block, period.
3: Yeah, the only thing for me with him winning the A block, as I was looking at the B block, I was just trying to figure out, and we'll talk about the B block here in a second. Like, who could. Who does who he see, face? Yeah, who does he face? And then, like, when I look at the B block, I mean, there's only a few guys I think can really win. And I don't think they make a compelling matchup for a show well, in the finals.
0: Desperado versus show would be a great match.
3: Yeah, Teton. <laughs> Hey, Teton's awesome, but he's he's not going to a finals here. Uh, no.
1: Former IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion Bushi, what are you talking about?
3: <laughs> well, we'll we'll get to the B block here in a second, but yeah, Show definitely a, a high contender here for winning this A block, or at least you know definitely being at play in that on that final night of block action.
2: Show
1: versus was- TJP, cruiserweight <laughs> classic winner. I don't understand.
0: I need Show to come to this matchup this year with a different game plan than he had last year or correction six months ago <laughs> I, I i need i need show to to prove that he's learned something that while his his tactics have gotten him far if he can find a balance between being a heel wrestler and what he had when unfortunately yo was not in the picture and kind of shove that together you'd have somebody comparable to Hiromu and Nishimori and someone who could eventually go babyface again because at some point he is going to go back to babyface and it's what the people want yeah it's what the people need
1: now granted I will say this Jeremy I haven't done any brackets so I'm just kind of speaking you know based on what I'm seeing on paper but you're right I could potentially look at B Block and come up with a different, uh, you know, um, final like matchup or whatever. But uh,
0: we're not getting Show versus Master Wato.
1: <laughs> well, because there is a part of me that thinks that uh, El Fantasma could win the tournament. Oh God! Um, oh, I mean, I think that that's something that's going to happen one way or the other. Eventually, it's this year or or the next year, it's happening.
0: Next year is fine. I just I. I need a break. Need a break <laughs> from El Fantasmo. Uh,
1: you know, I've been, to, I've been a heavy critic of his, but he's been so awesome lately. I don't even know why. I mean, yeah, I, I'd be down for it. Yeah, uh, and if it...
0: Evolve. I just don't see a heel versus heel final. Not right. Versus, an all-bullet club final.
1: Right. Right. And so if if it... Well, well, they are talking about that potential split between House oh, and yeah. Torture... And if that is something you wanted to kind of kick off here, that might not be a bad way to go. The other well, thing too is you could do like an ELP Yo or ELP Hiromu. Those are things that I think make sense too.
3: Yeah. I think also with all the momentum that Bull Club has, it makes a ton of sense for some Bull Club member to be at play to win a block or be in the finals.
1: Mm. Yeah. And they didn't do so hot in a, uh...
3: New Japan Cup. They kind of got hoed.
1: So, yeah, I mean,
0: they might. Well, they, they got draped in gold in don'taku, So I, <laughs> they had, I think the, the scales got tipped back into balance.
1: <laughs> right. They're riding a wave of momentum right now. And so there's a good argument that one of those guys might be the guy.
3: Yeah. So now we're going to look at the uh, last four participants here. All first-time entries. So first, the Wild Rhino, Clark Connors.
1: Clark Connors is the guy that I'm most excited about being in this tournament. Um, a huge fan of his. Uh, we've not, you know, he's graduated, quote, unquote, and he's done some cool stuff. We've seen him in Defy. We've seen him in, you know, Rev Pro and different places like that. But, like, we have not seen him in Japan against other juniors in a proper setting like this. And, I mean, I'm telling you guys right now, when you look back at, like, those 90s, Super junior lineups, and you look at guys like Two Cold Scorpio and Wild Pegasus and Eddie Guerrero, and the list goes on and on. D Malenko and Brian Pillman and One, Two, Three Kid. Years from now, people are going to look back and then be like, oh, fuck, Clark Connors was in this. That's how people are going to remember Clark Connors before this is all said and done. Now, I don't know how well he's going to do in the tournament as far as like points go, but for me, I think he. Like is gonna be like the breakout guy of the block. I don't, I, I, don't know if he'll outperform Hiromu, but he's gonna kill himself to try to do that very feat, which no one's done in years. So,
0: the one thing I like about this particular uh, selection of guest entrance is that it's very balanced, and they made sure that somebody from the LA dojo was included. If it wasn't him, I was hoping for Ren Narita. So it's either honestly is perfect and it's one of those things where we've we've had the we've been fortunate enough as fans to see the evolution of clark connors from his debut in new japan up until now and he of the guests sorry yuta wheeler i love you tjp sorry titan all of y'all clark's the one that deserves this more than just about anybody (laughs) And I'm glad that he's the one that got the got got slotted in.
3: Yeah, I'm super excited for Connors being this tournament. You know, he's been one of the MVPs of the New Japan Strong Show in New Japan of America. Been having great matchups there. He just had his big win a few weeks ago against TJP and the big few that they've been having going on for a while now. And he had the big strong title match here in uh, Florida, here in St. Pete against uh, 50 Tom. So Clark Connors is awesome. I think he's gonna fill that kind of power junior role that Show used to, to fill because Show's gonna be busy doing the shenanigans. So I think Connors is gonna be the, the power junior here, pouncing people, sparing people, and having some really fun matchups. And you know, when I when I look at Connors, I do see a guy like Wild Pegasus. He do, I, I see like the similarities in the in the intensity. Um, and like like you mentioned, Josh, that's that's a good shout there. I could see him being one of those like standout guys and. Hard hitting is having, you know, going out there and really killing it every night and being one of the top performers of this A block.
0: Him uh, versus Ishimori is going to be really fun.
3: Yeah, I think that could be fun. I, I think uh, him and Hiromu, I think that's going to be a really big test for him. I think he's really going to show out when he faces uh, Hiromu on that night.
1: Yeah, him and Hiromu, I mean, a guy who wants to make a mark in this, uh, you know, company and in this division. Against the guy that basically represents the division, you know he's the 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 top of the class. I mean that's something that, yeah. I mean just imagine the strikes those guys are going to throw. They're going to be fucking hitting each other so hard.
3: Yeah, and I could see Connor's getting uh, minimum eight points in in his first tournament here. I have to do
1: my math. I don't know about all that.
3: But, uh...
0: <laughs> I was an English major. Don't ask me to do math. <laughs>
3: Uh, so our next first time entrance is the sauce Alex Zane
1: yeah Alex Zane is going to be an interesting one Um, you know he's a guy that kind of brings something that's been missing from this division over the past few years that high flying athleticism that you know uh, devil may care sort of attitude and also some of that sort of hardcore element from GCW, you know, we've seen what he can do like in that backyard wrestling environment sort of thing. Um, And, you know, fans of new Japan strong are not going to be strangers to him. He's not a stranger to the uh, you know, to wrestling within the cerulean blue, but at the same time, he's never been to Japan. I was surprised that he was selected here. I, I, there are a couple other names that I thought would probably get the bid before him, but he's here and um it's gonna be real interesting because alex zane is an older guy you know he's not a spring chicken and he's been around for a while but sort of only started making his name in the past few years and this is a big opportunity for him and i mean he could really really make a mark here so i mean it's a big opportunity for him and and all these guys that are sort of the first time entries
0: I think what Zayn had working in his favor was that he was working with New Japan Strong before he went off to WWE and then got released by WWE and then went right back to New Japan Strong. So he's been a regular in New Japan Strong brand. So even though he went away just for a little bit, he's still someone who's been consistently there pretty much since, you know, I want to say 2000, early 2020 maybe
1: well he was working um back in 2019 he was working 20, those
0: 2019
1: uh, yeah i mean even pre-pandemic he was working the initial uh new japan u.s tours when, yeah
0: i remember i remembered him at the show in jan in tampa that we went to right after the tokyo dome but that was like january 2020 that's not the one i'm thinking of because he fought jeff cobb then so it's yeah. one of those yeah. things where he's been around so it of i don't know who else could have possibly been put in that place based on the current New Japan strong roster. So it, it, it's it's a, it's a good fit. Um, I'm just, I'm not used to seeing him wrestle any of these people other than Clark Connors and the other New Japan strong guys. So I'm curious to see how it's going to pan out for him.
3: Yeah, it's gonna be uh, fun to see him mix it up with a lot of these guys. And like you mentioned, Josh, he kind of brings kind of like what we were talking about last week. What's what's been missing from the junior division that kind of high paced high flying, death defying uh, style that we saw with guys like Osprey and Ricochet and Dragon Lee and Bandito. So I think he's going to bring a lot of energy. I think he's going to get over very quickly and very easily with the Japanese crowd just based on some of the stuff he can do. Um, and again, I think him and Hiromu, like you mentioned earlier, him and Hiromu mixing up those guys can do a lot of high flying, crazy stuff. Um, him and Ishimori will probably be um, A lot of fun as well And he's a guy I think he's going to have a lot of fun matchups I think he's going to have a lot of Giveable moments um, Because he is not a champion And he's kind of like a low Man as far as status and the totem pole In this block I don't see him getting a ton of points In this first tournament I can see him somewhere in that six point range um, You know going going three and six uh, but he's he's going to I think he's going to make a name for himself, though. So the yeah. uh, the next guy that we'll look at here, the impact X division champion, Ace Austin.
1: Yeah, this is something really interesting in this block um, and all throughout the tournament. But we've got a few outsiders um, from different companies who are not only just outsiders, but also reigning champions within their company. And, you know, so that's kind of the situation we have here with Ace Austin being the X division champ, um, you know, a guy that uh, I hadn't even really given too much forethought about before they announced him coming in. I would have actually thought that they would have brought Chris Bain, you know, but, um, you know, I'm not uh, opposed to it. I mean, Ace Austin is a, a highly athletic, very gifted wrestler, and I think he brings you know, something to the table that's very different from the rest of the guys in this block, and he's going to be a welcome addition. Um, During the press conference, Ishimori did mention his ties in the past to TNA and his former reign as an X-Division champion. And so he talked about how when they wrestle each other, it's going to be champion versus champion and former X-Division champion versus reigning X-Division champion. So there is kind of an intriguing aspect to that whole thing there too. Yeah,
0: the only other person I would have thought besides Chris Bay that could have been from Impact would have been Trey Miguel.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So it, I mean, I I do like that they're kind of repaying the favor of their partnership during the pandemic, where they've you know, Impact was another place that New Japan Talent was able to cycle through in the last couple of years b- without being able to travel back to uh, Japan. So it it's great to see. Um, somebody from that company get equal footing because you know everyone the assumption everyone had was going it was going to be either all la dojo all new japan strong or all AEW talent so this is it's 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 different and i think the fact that it's different and unknown is actually quite refreshing Mm, yeah um but it also surprised me that rocky romero is not in this tournament
3: yeah you know we had uh rocky on um a while ago, and we talked about him potentially being in Super Juniors and that whole goal of going for the junior heavyweight title. And he, you know, kind of joked, you know, he really needs to get ready and focus if he's going to do that again. So, I guess clearly this was not the year uh, for Rocky, but yeah, I mean, Rocky did great in that 2019 Super Juniors. Also, that, that match for ELP was awesome. So, yeah, hopefully, uh, Rocky will get back in one of these things soon.
1: Yeah, this is um, Black Tiger's fault. So. You know, yeah. yeah, if you want to blame somebody.
3: Black <laughs> Tiger. Um, as far as Impact, guys, I was really hoping that we would have seen speedball Mike Bailey. Um, you know, he had that great match with Jay White, Lone Star Shootout. He was the MVP of WrestleMania weekend. Uh, he's been killing it in the exhibition in Impact. Kind of surprised he didn't get a shout here. But Ace Austin, he, he's a very good competitor. Um, he's Again, he's a high-flying guy. So I think him mixing it up with Zayn and mixing it up with Hiromu, um, it's going to be a lot of fun. I am wondering how much is he is he going to get protected, being X Division champion or not. I know there was yeah. a rumor that the X Division Championship is going to be defended at Dominion. I have not been able to verify that. So obviously, if somebody pins him here, th- that you can get your challenger for Dominion if, if that's going to happen. Or you know, we've been seeing New Japan guys on Impact pretty much every week, and Impact uh, New Japan guy can show up on Impact and challenge for X Division title from beating him here as well.
1: I like him in this tournament too because he's a franchise guy. I know that there might be some um other names that were attractive as well, but I mean of all those juniors, who's more TNA and impact, you know, aligned than Ace Austin, you know? Right. He's been and doing
3: th- oh, go ahead, Karen.
0: Oh, I was say with Mike with Speedball Mike Bailey, he came into impact mid year, mid mid-year, meaning mid first quarter this year, right? Yeah. So the the other thing is that probably the visa processing system for all of this to happen was probably needed to be done several months out. So it could have been this roster could have been decided before Bailey even stepped a foot in the United States.
3: True. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. But yeah, Ace Austin should be. Um... A guy to look out here from this tournament, I'm it's kind of hard, though, what his point total is going to look like. I would say being a champion, I can say a, probably at least eight points minimum. Um, But, I mean, there's so many guys in here, I just have a hard time seeing him beat. So, I, I just really don't know how many points he's actually going to get here.
0: He could probably beat Taguchi. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but I think he, I think he'll get some wins. He'll he'll do good, um but I also don't think he will be in contention for winning the block.
0: Do you think um unlike previous years, do you think double countouts or draws could come into play more heavily this year because there are more non-new japan champions involved in this?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a very much a possibility just cuz you know, um I know it's a tournament, everybody's gonna lose. So that's a part of it. Um, so it's not like the IWGP junior champion's not gonna take losses, he will, as well as other champions. So that's probably just an understood thing. But I mean, it goes back to the old booking philosophies. When you want to protect guys, there are times where DQs and run-ins and count outs and draws and double eliminations, they all double knockouts. Yeah, those things happen. So I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not. I'm not gonna say we see a lot of them, but the reality is we hardly see any of
0: them. That that's my You're point. Right. Is that maybe I'm just watching too much stardom that I'm more accustomed to? It. <laughs> <laughs> so I know you don't. You don't do the Joshi thing, Josh. But it's one of those things. Like there's there's a lot to protect a lot of people. Instead of having a run in, there usually ends up being a double elimination or a double count out or a double knockout. So I was just wondering that maybe that could come. Back into play more often because they always talk about the the elusive one point for a draw, but very seldom can I remember in the last few years where there's been a draw or a double count out.
3: Right. Yeah. No, not
1: the super juniors.
3: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Hatman's been booking a lot of draws and and stardom lately. I hear about that on when I show radio a lot of thirty minute or you know tile match draws <laughs> happening over there. Yep. Uh, that's, what,
1: that's what keeps me away. <laughs>
3: Uh but yeah, we could see a draw in some scenario here with especially with a lot of champions, a lot of guys need to be protected here. But and you know, I tend not to try and book out draws because they typically usually don't happen, and you're you're messing with the one-point math and who needs to get the draw and all that stuff. So uh but yeah, I often should do pretty decent here in his first tournament. And so the last guy here in the A block, United Empire's newest member, Francisco Akira. Yeah,
1: so this is um this is kind of like the unknown factor in this whole thing uh from a certain standpoint because i mean Francisco akira is like gonna be essentially the primary junior of the un- of how do i say undisputed era of the united <laughs> empire different ue and um you know, we don't really know what, like, how he's going to fit in into the overall grand scheme of things, but I'm a, I'm assuming he's going to get an initial strong push through this tournament because of the fact that he is sort of Osprey's protege, and, like, yeah, they got TJP, but he's sort of, like, the older statesman of that group, and this is kind of, like, the the incoming kid. At the same time, he didn't get the hottest reception with that kind of clunky initial debut. So there's still a lot to kind of prove. Um, I don't know how receptive the audiences are gonna be to to him when he comes in initially, but um, he's a guy that I think is like, okay, for example, just kind of give you my opinion. I like Alexander a lot. I think he's a highly athletic and gifted guy. I don't think he's the most complete wrestler. I think that he, uh, when, when we watched him wrestle Osprey a couple months back, he didn't look like he belonged with him. I think there's levels to this thing. And I think he's a guy that might wind up looking sort of out of place considering the high level of performance we get from these juniors. I think Akira is a guy who's not gonna deal with that at all. I think he's someone who is every bit the consummate professional and is on the level of everybody else that's in this tournament and is really gonna turn a lot of heads. But I wouldn't be surprised if his overall booking isn't unlike El Phantasmos when he first came into the tournament. Someone that um is pushed strongly initially, gets a goes on a run, gets a lot of wins, and then kind of falls apart at the tail end and maybe isn't even in the uh you know booking scenario, maybe gets eliminated one to two nights out. But uh I think he's gonna be a main player in this tournament.
0: My thing about the way they introduced Francesco was that <laughs> Ishimori and Eldest Broder were in the middle of a conversation, and he just shows up, right. and it was it was like they, they both look at him like um the adults are talking right now, son. Do you mind? <laughs> like it was it just felt very awkward, and I know what they were trying to accomplish with it. The one thing they have working in their favors, they're they're going to definitely bring over fans of his from. The UK and Europe, as well as those from all Japan. But it's one of those things like I know very little about him. I just know he's Italian and he has a Japanese name, sort of. But I know other than that, I know very little about his skill. I've never seen him him in a match. I just know that he's a good wrestler. So it's one of those things like I don't know what to expect. Am I cautiously optimistic? Yes, but it's also the – where does he fall into the whole scheme of the United Empire when, again, TJP is already there? So if you go by seniority, TJP is the one who already outranks him based on wrestling experience alone. And he was there first as the junior in the division. He just wasn't able to get to Japan.
3: Yeah, for some reason – I just don't know. I feel like they're going to probably bring Akira into Japan more than they're going to bring TJP. I think they're yeah. probably going to use TJP more on strong and be the United Empire representation on, on that brand, where you have Akira more being the one uh, showing up in Japan. But I'm I'm pretty excited for Francisco Akira here. Yeah. I mean, I've only seen one match of his, the match of Gabriel Kidd from Rev Pro earlier this year, which was just an absolute banger. Those guys were just um, throwing blows, big suplexes, like, he was super awesome in that matchup and really hanging with um, Gabriel Kidd. And so I'm really excited to see what he's going to do in here with guys like Hiromu and um, T- Taiji Shimori, Clark Connors, and Ace Austin. Like I think he's going to have a lot of really good matchups here. Also, um, I think is going to be the guy that's probably going to have a lot of great matches with everybody. But yeah, the Fr- Francisco and Hiromu match is probably going to be very hard-hitting. Um, Hiromu's probably going to do a lot of crazy stuff in that match as well. Uh, I agree with you Josh I think Francisco is going to have some strong booking at the beginning We typically see that when new juniors get introduced Before super juniors They're usually booked pretty strong Sometimes even win six straight Then lose the last three Or at least win their first few And then kind of go up and down towards the end So I think he's going to get that kind of booking And potentially maybe even be at play A kind of dark horse guy in play at the end Or maybe even a spoiler at the end Yeah so now let's take a look at the B block. First, we'll look at master Watto's third entry, third consecutive, and he is one half of the IWGP junior tag team champions.
1: It's Watto. He's there, you know, he's trying his best. He's doing his darndest, you know, he's going to fight his little heart out, you know, and, uh, he's one half of the tag champion, So they'll probably set some stuff up there, but, uh, you know, I mean, he's been through quite a few super juniors at this point, and uh, I don't know. It's Watto. <laughs>
0: I I think with Watto, it's like y- you hope for the best, but you plan for the worst for him. <laughs> like I'm 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 optimistic that he'll he'll have some standout surprise wins, but I don't anticipate seeing him win the whole thing. But he'll give a good fight.
3: Yeah, the, the interesting thing with Watto is, like, just looking back at, you know, some of the point totals from his uh, previous tournaments. And so uh, last year, I know it was single block the last couple of years, but last year he did get eight points, which obviously wasn't high enough to really get him towards the end of the mix there. But when you break it down to a single block, eight points is pretty respectable. Um, so I'm wondering, with this now being dual block and – um if he, you know, if he's gonna get eight points again, or is it gonna go down a little bit because it is dual block and there's more um, tougher competitors in this block?
0: I hope. I hope for good things
1: for, for Watto. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I assume that uh, they're going to book their own guys fairly strong, but <laughs> if he was gonna really like have an opportunity to stand out and forward himself within the division he would have already done it in the past few years I mean uh could he definitely benefit from this uh experience being in his first real proper super juniors with a full field and everything sure I mean definitely but uh, you know, uh I'm under no illusions. He's not winning this or anything like that.
3: Right, yeah. He's not going to come anywhere close into being in contention or alive towards the uh, final night. So next up, Robbie Eagles making his fourth entry, fourth consecutive.
1: Yeah, I mean, Robbie Eagles. Now, this is someone who has gone out in the past and done exactly what I said Watto should have done. Someone who went out there really, I mean, we already kind of, you know, p- fans of international wrestling and independent wrestling, especially Brit Rez and things like that. They already kind of knew what Robbie Eagles was capable of, but I mean, there's a time where on this show, we were talking about how like his reputation was maybe greater than what he was producing in the new Japan ring. And a couple of years ago, he really changed that and utilized the super juniors to come much more so much so that he eventually you know won the strap and who knows i mean he showed himself as a very competent and proven champion in the past um he's definitely one of the bigger names in this block uh i don't know that i feel that he's going to win it but i think he's a guy that's going to get you know eight ten points most likely maybe more so
0: as, as, as a previous champion, I have a feeling he's going to be one of the ones near the top of the block. Would I like to see him win the block? Sure, but I don't think he will when a, well does Desperado is in the same block.
3: Yeah, last year, Eagles got 12 points, and other guys that got 12 last year were Ishimori, ELP. Um, those, they all got 12. despi got 13. Yo got 14. Roma got 15. So Eagles was towards the block, top of the block last year. And now being a former champion, being one of the top guys in this B block, I definitely see Eagles being one of the guys who gets in that double digits, is a guy that's um, potentially being alive uh, towards the, the end of the tournament, um, trying to take a look at who. So he he's facing off against Teton on the final night. So I don't think that's really going to be a – <laughs> a block decider or anything so that could be kind of tipping the hand that he might not be at play towards he, the do end you know
1: what that screams hmm. i've been eliminated but i'm gonna get this big win on the final night so that when the final record show i have the same points. points as everyone yeah. else but <laughs> i've already been you know knocked out
3: right he's, he's,
0: a, he, he's another one that's going to mathematically eliminate a lot of people or win the get them eliminated based on losses to him
3: Right, like I think that that final, like he's gonna walk into that final night with ten points, beat Teton, and with twelve, and be like, yeah, I did great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, and... Um,
1: but Karen did bring up a good point. Like, what if he is someone that could mathematically knock other people out? And what if, what if he comes in stronger than we're anticipating, and Teton needs to beat him to open up the field for others? That's mm-hmm. a possibility yeah, as well.
3: Yeah, Teton could play spoiler
1: math boo (laughs) (laughs)
0: the the real competitor all of them are fighting in this entire tournament is math uh
3: any anticipated matchups here for mr eagles
1: um well i think anytime him and elp are in a field you kind of have to throw that out there and i'm you know I'm just going to say this, guys, very simply. L. Lindemann is my guy for everybody in this field. It doesn't matter who they are. I want to see them wrestle L. Lindeman. You know? Is it Desperado? Lindemann. Bushy, Lindeman, TJP? <laughs> Lindeman. <laughs> That's my answer.
0: For Robbie, it's like L. Lindemann, yes. Desperado, yes. I would be curious to see him and Wheeler Yuta go. Mm. Especially if if Robbie is able to pin Utah I'd love to see them in an ROH pure rules match
3: yeah that could be a lot of fun um like you Josh ELP was the first one that came to mind just because of the history they had and um you know Eagles used to be in Bullet Club and ELP now in Bullet Club and it's the, the rivalry that they've built over the, the past couple of years that's always a, a fun matchup and yeah, Lindemann versus everybody is going to be great. So him and Lindemann, yeah, Karen, uh, him and Utah. That's another great shout there as well. Oh, we have a question here from uh, Reddit user uh, Valeria. It says, why is Robbie Eagles allowed in Best Super Juniors? He clearly framed ELP, who then had a confident dip for months thanks to this during the Wrestle Kingdom tag match. Will Robbie oh. Eagles think up, what will he think up now to frame the still-innocent ELP in the Best Super Junior match?
1: I, um, I don't have any to add to that i mean it's his own you know you believe he framed him he framed him i don't know i i I think otherwise
0: (laughs) sorry for your wrong opinion (laughs) (laughs) Valaria. elp got caught finally that's the
3: story uh so moving on to the next guy here bushy with 10th entry (laughs) seventh consecutive
1: Bushi will be wrestling in this year's best of the Super Junior Speed Block.
3: <laughs> Bushi will have awesome entrance gear. He will have awesome masks. He will wear his shirt in a lot of his matchups. He will do a Bushi Rooney. He will beat people he has no business beating. Not-
0: with, with, with the MX.
3: Yes. <laughs>
1: with
0: the MX. And they will go 20 feet across the ring, over the post, and into the third row. To sell he'll them. be
1: he'll be wrestling true luchador style wrestlers from Mexico in um just <laughs> Teton Teton <laughs> well and Doki, and Lindeman and D- uh, and, Lindemann, and your, none your of them boy. will be as none of them will be as good as you think they should be.
3: Yeah, Bushi's just gonna be just kind of there. He's gonna be that you know fine little you know gentleman's three opener. Uh, yeah, not expecting much out of Bushi here. So let,
1: let's move the, on. To the only person expecting big things out of Bushi is Hiromu. Every year, he thinks him and Bushi are going to the finals against each other.
0: <laughs> they just need to win the tag titles, and you know, then then they can have a good time.
3: <laughs> yeah, I don't think that dream's ever going to come true for uh, Hiromu of those guys uh, finaling together. But l- let's talk about the next guy here, my man, <laughs> del Mal, the death oh, match specialist doki don't 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 be saying my man when, when
1: when you were out here this man's first tournament talking about how sorry he was and i was like this man's raw as fuck you you're missing it
3: this is my
1: man okay
3: i, I didn't see the light but but now now i see i have been converted to dokiism um all i'm all in the, the doki train this guy has won me over the last couple of years now He's awesome. This guy puts his body on the line every single night, proving that he's not going back to those dirty indies that he was you know, slithering around in Mexico. No, None of that for Doki. He's on the big stage here. He's becoming a big star in Japan, and this guy's awesome.
1: You know how I said my dream match for everybody in this uh, block was Lindemann? take that back let's roll that back for a second it's different for doki for doki there's only one match that really matters to me in my book doki and El Desperado correct that's the fun mm, that is the answer yes,
3: yes that that's going to be a, a fun matchup we know the history that's been kind of building there uh with those guys being in Suzuki goon um yeah that should be a, a really fun matchup
0: I just want whatever lacerations he endured during Takatachi Mania on Friday. I need all that to heal up because it looked like he had gotten cut across his forehead. Mm-hmm. And if he's not cleared to, and he misses the Super Junior, I'm gonna be very sad for him.
1: Spoiler alert! I haven't even seen Takatachi Mania
0: yet. Sorry.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, sorry. I
0: still,
1: I still it, have to watch
0: Takatachi curse because that's where Desperado got hurt, and I believe that's like how Kanemaru got hurt. It's just what, like, and causing them to miss the Super Junior. So it's always like one of those things where it's really risky for them to do that show right before Super Juniors.
3: That's exactly it, what I thought. Those guys are out here having this crazy death match. I'm like, you guys realize June, you have to be with in June Kasai next week. of all people. <laughs> right. Like,
0: no, you, you got you got plans next month starting on Sunday. Stop it.
1: I'm gonna need uh, June Kasai to come to the stage <laughs> and get jumped <laughs> by everyone in the Super Juniors. Um, yeah, no, I. I I knew that that match was a death match, so, you know, all bets were off, but I don't know much about it yet. So, I do plan to watch that. I still haven't watched that or the 60th anniversary Corkin show, so.
0: I've only seen the main event of it, and it's wonderful.
1: I'm going to watch both of those tomorrow, I think.
3: I watched all the New Japan matches from Takotachi Mania, but, yeah, that that main event was absolutely wild. Uh, wow. But also looking forward to see uh, Doki versus Teton, because, you know, Doki always, you know, he— has a little beef with a lot of the luchadors that come in into Japan and I think him and Teton could be a lot of fun and you know a, a big win there could you know put Doki over on these you know top luchadors that come in from CMLL.
1: I would love for Doki to beat Teton and then go to Mexico City and go to Arena Mexico and headline the big fucking building that he never got to headline and then he beat someone for their title and then he brings in his own group and just runs roughshod over CMLL that would be like my dream for doki at this point mm.
0: I mean Teton is the CML world welterweight champion
1: yeah is that Matt is that a thing like I, guess I wouldn't say
0: that that was the belt that walked doesn't the one watto cut carried as well
1: no that's Wat- the, that's the junior light lightweight champion okay ship that's the title they use that title for like their uh young up and coming stars okay. Let me. Uh, I'll cage match it
0: though cage cage match it <laughs> but it like my thing is that like again as an, another champion is in this tournament so it, it's like not that I want to say this but like like the last day of super juniors or there could, they could have a whole like half of the match half of the card could be just title matches for all these different companies yeah. Or Dominion's gonna be eight hours long.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they can set up a lot of stuff here. Yeah, especially if they want to bring in, yeah, bring back Teton for Dominion or down the line. Um
0: or if you're gonna start sending people to these companies to like to challenge for the belts.
3: Right, yeah. yeah.
0: Send someone to Ring of Honor, send someone to Glate, send someone to CMLL, send someone to Impact.
1: Just for the record, Teton won the world welterweight title December 8th, 2019. He's on his 885th (laughs) day as champion. Okay. (laughs) He has defended the title twice.
0: In that time?
1: Well, that's very normal for Mexico. Okay. It's very normal. So, like, I'm just kind of letting you guys know, this title don't mean shit. And I guarantee you this guy has lost plenty of matches in the three-plus years that he's been... (laughs) you know, the reigning champion. So I wouldn't worry about it too much. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not like, a, you know, I don't even know who runs CMLL anymore, but like, they're not like, oh, we got to protect our champion. <laughs> <laughs> they don't care. Uh,
3: so the next entry we'll look at is El Desperado. This is sixth entry, third consecutive. And you got to say, when I, when I was looking at the, the participants and trying to figure out who can win this thing, in my mind, I kept picturing Desperado as a champion, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, Despy's gonna he's gonna win a lot, and he's gonna set up some title matches." But I'm like, "Wait a minute, I forgot. Like Ishimori is a champion now, but I definitely think Despy's still gonna be one of the, the top uh, guys in this block here."
0: That's very telling that he. It's like it's like, "Oh yeah, wait, he's not champion anymore." <laughs> um, I could see Despy winning the block, if not winning the whole thing. Not that he needs it, because he's proven himself again, like several of the other previous champions, that. He he's had the champ the championship several multi, twice I think. So it's one of those those things for me where it's just like everybody. I mean, I guess you know to if you want to bolster his career and his you know history as a whole. But I I always keep optimistically thinking that this tournament is one that you get to make a new some like you know make someone into a star. And Desperado, especially after his finals match with Hiromu two years ago. He's a star, you know what I mean? So, but yeah, him versus L. Lindemann. I think that was the reason why he lost the title was so he could fight L. Lindemann without risk of losing the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship.
1: But I, I think that Desperado is a star in a certain sense. Yeah, but he's also a victim of. The COVID circumstances and has never gotten an opportunity to truly have a real super juniors and also he's never won a super juniors on that level yeah so I do think that there's a good possibility that he not only wins the block but also wins the tournament yeah really especially if the theory that Hiromu is gonna quote-unquote leave the division then you would really need to truly establish this guy as the kingpin and make him like a known deal. You know what I mean?
0: But hasn't El El Phantasma said the same thing that he wanted to go heavyweight.
1: And he very, he very well might go heavyweight. I mean, look at his frame. Um, But you know, I'm not saying that I I'm, I'm counting on it, but I'm not discounting it it at all. Like it's definitely a possibility.
3: Yeah, Desperado is one of my favorites to win the B-block here and to win the whole tournament. Like, you you make great points, Josh. I think there's going to be um, a lot of push behind him in this tournament to help get him over, get him over as a star, to kind of help take over that burden that Hiromu has had and being the main guy pushing this division. Um, so I think we're going to see the Desperado stock be increased here with several big wins and being alive towards the final night. And... The last night, he's facing the next guy we're going to talk about, and Fantasmo. So both of those guys are top guys in this block. I definitely, that, that screams decision, uh, block decision to me. I think whoever wins that match could potentially win the whole block. So I definitely think uh, Despi will be alive in the final night. And we talked about him versus Doki. It's definitely um, a must-see match from this tournament. Um, him and Teton should be pretty fun. Um. Uh, him and Wheeler-Utah should be another good one. So a lot, lots of great matches for Despi here.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think Fantasmo, I mean, considering the fact that Fantasmo beat him with the sudden death last year uh, to eliminate him from the tournament finals, that that's going to kind of be an ongoing story going into the finals this year. I'm telling you right now, I think very strongly, and I could be wrong, but I think that my Final predictions. Show and yo is gonna be the match determiner for the A block, and I think Desperado and ELP will be the determiner for B
3: block. Yeah, definitely. So let's talk about ELP El Phantasmus's third entry, second consecutive. How are we feeling about the head banger?
1: Um, you know, I already kind of gave him his flowers earlier. I think he's someone that's kind of grown on me and has Uh, You know, he's always been athletically gifted, but as far as an entertaining performer and someone who's also uh, kind of more acclimated to the uh, rudimentary like basics of Japanese pro wrestling, I think he's also improved in those aspects as well. Um, He's a guy that I think is a more well-rounded all-around performer uh, than the guy that we saw come into this tournament a few years ago, and uh, I think he's a heavy favorite like there's no other way to put it especially considering every we've seen certain individuals who were willing to get on the plane, come in, do the quarantines, spend time in holidays and yada yada away from their family. He's one of those guys who has done that time and time and time again. Don't be surprised if he ends up winning the tournament and kind of gets that attaboy. here you go. This is probably coming his way anyways. It might be the year.
0: I after seeing him win the, New- the super G- super J Cup a few years back, and seeing him win it again after that, and I think again after that, I have no interest in him winning a super junior. <laughs> I just know how obnoxious he's going to be once he wins the super junior. But it's also one of those things. It all depends if they're going to they're going to willingly set up him versus Ishimori for the championship. What? And do you pu- have him win the win the super junior only to? Lose to Ishimori, or do you make Ishimori a transitional champion and have him lose to ELP? Probably not clean.
2: Yeah, I just, that, that... I just,
0: I just, I don't think with Ishimori being champion, it's the year for him. Yeah. If so, if somewhere, if somewhere, if sorry, let me try that again. If someone else were champion, probably, yeah. but probably a baby face. Maybe it could be Phantasmo's year. I just don't. I just don't know if they're gonna willingly try to implode the only junior tag team that Bullet Club has at this point, because they're the only one they have. Because Chris Bay doesn't have a partner, Show doesn't have a partner.
3: Right, I totally agree with you. That's that's the one thing that's hurting ELP's chances of winning here. Is the fact that Ishimori is the junior champ. I mean, if they, that match did happen, maybe you could do an angle where. Ishimori gets kicked out of Bullet Club. Um, you know, Jay White has said that there are more people that could potentially be booted out of the group and maybe for whatever reason he, he boots Ishimori out and you get, we get a babyface face Ishimori uh, going forward. But yeah. I, but yes,
0: I, please. <laughs> but, Sorry, that's personal preference.
3: <laughs> I don't know if that's the direction they're going to go in. So I do think Ishimori not. being a champ hurts ELP chances, but he is facing Despy on the last night. So I do think he'll be alive towards yeah. the final night. Again, he's a guy that's probably going to go 6-3 and three and end up with 12 points. And there's a lot, a lot of fun matchups here for him, as well in this tournament. Uh, I think him in Wheeler, Utah, could be um, a lot of fun. And we also talked about earlier him and Robbie Eagles. So looking him, at our, our, go ahead, him
0: versus TJP could be interesting.
3: Yeah, two uh, two heels there. Uh, that could be a fun especially matchup.
0: if TJ tries to ground him.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah TJ will probably do that. Uh, try to work the legs and keep him from flying. So our next guy here, Teton, his third entry, first in three years. Like we mentioned, he is the CMLL World Welterweight Champion. So it's been a little while since we've seen Teton. Uh, How are you guys feeling about him?
1: You know, Teton, he's a guy that comes in. He has good matches. He's usually middle of the card. He goes 50-50 most times, does a lot of great, You know, high flying, but even beyond just his high flying, he really is a a really competent grappler as well. So he sort of has that aspect to his game where some luchadors maybe aren't uh, as well rounded. But um, that's about it. He's, you know, he's there to pick up wins, pick up losses and kind of round out the field and entertain with, you know, bringing the lucha uh, style to the tournament, basically.
0: What I what I think it also is, I think it's a fair bit of goodwill because they haven't been able to send anyone to CML since Watto came back from excursion early due to the pandemic. Um, I know a lot of people were expecting and hoping beyond hope that it was going to be Dragon Lee and Volador Jr. as well. But so it's it's Mascara Dorada, uh, Caristico, I think is Dragon Lee's brother.
1: Well, Caristico is, is uh, the is that original. The that's the original Mystico.
3: Well, okay. well, Dragon Wait. Lee's brother had taken over. He was Caristico too, but then he left CMLL along with Dragon Lee, so now he's Drellistico.
1: Drellistico,
3: I see. I thought he was I Mystico see. too.
0: <laughs> Whatever, but like <laughs> the expectation was that if CMLL was going to send a contingent, it would have been more than one person. So I like that there's somebody there, but it is surprising that there were um not as many participants from the Mexican wrestling scene as many would have hoped for. Um oh. I like Titan. I've got no problem with Titan. I enjoy watching him work. I I find him not to say that he's safer than say Dragon Lee or Volador Jr., but he takes less like crazy dives into the audience risks compared to them. So in in a COVID capacity crowd. He's probably the best best fit for it, but I always enjoy watching him wrestle. I like his cost, his masks, and everything else. So
3: yeah, and he's I I'm guy- just glad to
0: see CMLL back and into the fold because people were worried that even though they were sending out the PR statements that yes, New Japan and CML are renewing their relationship, there was we weren't seeing any of it because right. they weren't sending anyone to Strong, they weren't sending one in to Japan, they weren't sending one from Japan. Like even. When they dispatched Umura and Suji on an excursion, Suji wanted to go to CMLL, and they sent him to England instead. So it's it's kind of like they're it feels like they're finally like re not repairing the bridge, but reopening that avenue to one of their other partners.
3: Right, and he's a guy who can eat losses. You know, if you brought in a guy like Dragon Lee or Voldor, they're probably gonna have to push pretty hard. Um, but Teton's a guy we've seen in the past. He usually gets six to eight points. So he's a guy. But
0: he's usually not champion when he does it though. That's the thing.
3: <laughs> True. But again, like we mentioned, I don't think they about CML doesn't value that world welterweight <laughs> title. And I don't know how much uh, okay. the new Japan's going to value it as well. So I, I think he's, he's going to do well. He's probably going get six, to eight points. but He's going to eat a lot of losses. He's going to have some good matches, but he's definitely not going to be alive towards final night.
1: So I did look and he's had 21 singles matches in the, from 2019 to 2022 he's eaten three losses um so he is a guy that is pretty protected. but i think that's always sort of been the case with him anyways you know what i mean Mm -hmm. but when it comes to these tournaments he usually you know like you mentioned jeremy he usually finishes a little bit above 500 so i'm not gonna be surprised if that's where he you know winds up one other thing just to to end all the confusion Caristico is now mystico
3: the, the original Christico.
1: No, the original Mystico is now again Mystico. Okay. He is the he right. is the official Mystico. He's right.
0: done full Mystico. <laughs> He's gone
1: through a full cycle. So he is no longer known by the names Mistes or Christico or Sincara. He is just flat out Mystico. Okay.
0: So Drillistico is formerly Caristico.
1: <laughs> I don't know who the fuck Drillistico even is. That that I, I was he's
0: Dragon Lee's brother because yeah. they're they're tagging together as a oh, tag yeah, now. Right, but that now is, they're doing
3: he's it in triple too. And right, he's doing Mystico too. in triple
0: a and so, as opposed to CMLL.
3: Right, because they're facing yeah, was, they're facing the Hardys. The Hardys are facing Dragon Lee and Drillistico.
1: He was okay. Mystico too, and then he changed to Drillistico right because
3: dragon lee and drillistico they're no longer with cmll they left and Correct. cmll also owns the right to the christico and mystico character so he had to become drillistico
1: got yeah, it april 29th 2022 at the anniversary show mystico defeated teton in the campeon universal Del cmll 2022 finals. so that was uh uh, Teton's last match he lost to the original Mystico at the end of their uh, their universal title tournament that they do every year
3: gotcha. Got it. so next up we're going to look at TJP a second entry first in 11 years
1: fantastic wrestler awful human being you know <laughs> keeps good company <laughs> puts super smart stuff out there on the internet you know <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm surprised he's even allowed in the country, to be honest, because I don't I'm, like, okay, just peeling the curtains back. You know, obviously, like I trained a bit in wrestling. So I have a few friends who are in the industry and like when they were given those open calls for like the LA dojo uh you know tryouts and different stuff to go to like Foley's Dojo in Japan, they required like full vaccination plus boosters for all of that. And I was like, how the fuck is CJP working? So either he compromised his values, which I judge him for that and went full bore and got all the, the uh, vaccines and is talking outside of his mouth, or they've given him the pass. I don't know which one's which, but uh, you know, he's here, he's ready to rock. I don't see him as the primary guy in the, in, in, uh, United Empire because he eats so many pinfalls within the group. So I'm assuming he's kind of going to be bushy to uh, Akira's Hiromu. And he'll have great matches because he is a great wrestler.
0: I just want... I, I Again, it, it always comes back to him being original LA Dojo and being a long-term member of the company. I mean... I could see him finishing around the middle of the block. He's another one that could, like Toguchi and Kanemaru, play spoiler for matches that matter. Or to you know ins- ensure that certain people don't advance to- too high up the card or to the finals. Um, he's another one I could easily see if he were to pin Yuta to go for the pure championship. The most fascinating matchup for him in the- all of this... I think Desperado could make him work a little harder. Mm. I think, I don't know. Cause you know, there's, there's the, You, 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 one should always learn from their opponents and take something home every time they face someone. I just don't know if any of
1: that's not true. TJP said on record that he has never learned anything from (laughs) anyone he has ever wrestled ever in his career he's always been better than everybody he's ever wrestled so i'd like to talk
0: to jushin thunder liger please
1: (laughs) he he didn't gain anything from wrestling him
0: exactly so my thing is that i'm hoping that this trip can serve as a learning experience for him (laughs) because i think you know while he is seeing some success in the united empire everyone they've been waiting for him to come over but if he's not going to be a constant force in the group in japan then he needs to leave some indelible mark on the tournament so people start watching what he does more in the states because i don't think they're doing that just yet
1: Um, i will say this tjp versus wheeler Utah. Will be the grappling match of the tournament. The two highest level grapplers, not named Show, but Show doesn't really have the dance partner on his side. Plus, he's not doing that so much these days. I miss um, them. <laughs> yeah. Wheeler Utah versus uh, TJP is probably going to rock.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And it's going to be a match to look out for because it's on the last night of block action. And I didn't even know that. And uh, Utah, I think we're going to talk about him in a second I think he's going to be a guy that's going to be alive towards the end So either TJP is going to be alive towards the end Or like you mentioned, Karen TJP is going to play spoiler potentially To uh, Wheeler, Utah But yeah, with both of those guys being great technical wrestlers That's going to be an awesome grapple fest uh, for that matchup So let's talk about Wheeler, Utah Of the Blackpool Combat Club Representing AEW's debut entry He is the Ring of Honor pure champion
0: i guess it goes to me since <laughs> josh just walked off <laughs> um i am so thrilled and excited for yuta to be in this tournament um i don't remember when where i saw the interview or not but it seemed like a, a few years back he actually went through all japan at some point on a tour so it's kind of cool to see him going into new coming into new japan and being part of new japan strong his match back in August against Jay White at the New Japan Strong tapings after Resurgence was unbelievable. I love how much he's evolved since then, even since then, enjoying mm-hmm. going you know through Strong and into uh, AEW and working with Blackpool a Combat Club. I think, I think he's important for representation purposes because he is half, he's he's of mixed heritage. I believe he is half Japanese descent, which yeah. is kind of something that is. While there is a lot of diversity in New Japan, they don't have that somebody that's of mixed Japanese heritage on their roster, and I think that is an interesting thing that he brings to the table. Um, him versus TJP is going to be outstanding, and I am glad that it is on the last. It is on the last uh, night of the block finding. I, I want to see him versus Desperado, him versus Lindenman as well. I think those are going to be two outstanding matches for him as well.
3: Yeah, I think Utah's going to have a, a lot of great matches. I'm excited to see him pretty much wrestle everybody in this block. I think he's going to be one of the standout guys, especially, you know, coming off the push he's been getting in AEW. I think he's built a lot of confidence. He has a lot of momentum. And I think he's going to want to really, you know, turn some heads in this tournament. Um So I'm expecting really good things for him, I expect him to get a similar push, like, I think of him kind of like Moxley was when Moxley came in and being a part of AEW, Moxley had that strong stretch, you know, went six wins and then lost the final 30. I could see Utah very similar, winning a lot of stuff in the very beginning and then kind of falling apart towards the end. I could see TJP, like him going in with 12 and then he loses to TJP at the end and ends with 12 points. I I think he's going to have a winning record, and I think he's going to look really well in this tournament.
1: Yeah, I think Wheeler Yuta is one of the most interesting um, inclusions in this tournament because, I mean, with AEW sending somebody over, there's plenty of guys that fit the junior requirements that could have come over and, you know, been in maybe a more a less protected position and could have, eaten some, like, for instance, Dante Martin, for example, comes directly to mind as someone who uh, could have used the experience, but also facilitated that role where they eat pinfalls and kind of gain, you know, a measure of exposure and uh, kind of come out of here hotter than they came in. Um, You know, Wheeler Yuta is an interesting guy where he's being pushed to the moon in AEW. He's coming in with the ROH title. And so... From a political standpoint, it's very interesting to to kind of consider all the first time matchups, but also how he's going to be treated within the booking. But aside from that, my personal opinion is that I'm not totally sure that even though I think that Wheeler Yuta is an extremely talented performer, I think he's a, uh, a technician. I'm not. I haven't come around to the point where I think he's deserving of the push that he's been given within that company and this tournament is going to be a real test that kind of separates the, the men from the boys and lets you know like who's got the juice and who doesn't who's hot and who's not and uh if you know who knows what kind of implications this could have long term for a guy that aw's booking committee is so you know behind if he has like, let's say, a lackluster Super Juniors, what is that going to do for his storyline moving forward? So I think there's a lot to kind of consider there. But, um, you know, we'll also kind of get a little bit of a taste of what the, uh, like I said, the politics between AEW New Japan, having their guys included in New Japan's tournaments, what that even looks like, what that's going to entail. Because a lot of people are assuming that when the G1 opens up, there's a high possibility that we might have some AEW participants, and this might set some precedence. Um, and I don't know what to expect, but I'm looking forward to it. Um, not too many matches of his that I really care to see, to be honest with you. Like I said, L. Lindemann's the outsider that I'm way more jazzed for. But uh, it's going to be interesting nonetheless.
0: I think what Utah has working in his favor is that he's also been working New Japan strong prior to him getting signed to AEW. So it's not just an AEW political insertion. Is that he's, like many of the other, well, most of the other people included, either have some prior New Japan or New Japan Strong experience. Um, Of the people that are in AEW, for me, Yuta was the only one that really made sense because of him being a consistent name in the brand since last year. Like, when I think of people from AEW, I couldn't really think of any, like, Dante Martin. Again, I'm a newer fan, or not fan, I don't even know if I consider myself a fan yet, but a newer watcher, okay. casual, if you will, of AEW. And, I like, seeing, not saying that they don't have the talent, I just don't think they're super junior ready just yet. Utah, while he's still, you know, maybe not the most, like, Awe-inspiring to some people, just yet. I think he's being both being part of uh Blackpool Combat Club and getting get, gaining more and more experience through New Japan Strong, which is by and large an open weight show. Like they don't really talk about the division between juniors and heavyweights. And fights open weight over there. Uh, Uemura fights open weight over there. So it's one of those things where it's just like I think this could be. A good way to showcase Utah and start giving him momentum where he's not, you know, it's great that he's in BCC, but he's also standing in the shadows of John Moxley, Daniel, uh, Brian Danielson, and William Regal. And I think this super junior also sets up a good precedent and realistic expectations of what you can expect for representation of other companies in G1s moving forward. Right. You're not going to get eight people from AEW in it. You're going to get a mix of people that could be from Impact, CMLL, Ring of Honor, which is kind of AEW, not AEW, AEW and other places.
3: Yeah. And we had a question here from Fit Beautiful two, six, three, eight. What is your point total prediction for Will Utah and Best B. Jr.? I see people calling for him to lose a block only on tiebreakers, but given how low card he has been booked on strong, I feel like six or eight points makes more sense.
1: Yeah, I understand that reasoning and everything and you know what? That's not an impossibility. It really depends on what the philosophy of um Tony Khan is going into this. There could be that philosophy that like, hey, they're on a different continent altogether in an entirely different promotion that's being seen by a very small percentage of the fan base. What do I care? how this guy is booked from a points total because when he comes back that's not going to be factored into our stories it's not going to be acknowledged on our television it's not going to change the receptions he's getting you know in our arenas this is just a learning experience but my hunch is that that's not the case because he doesn't let his guys lose in gcw he doesn't let them lose on any indies hardly at all he's hyper protective and the last uh Windy City Riot Show, everybody that was AEW-affiliated won their matches. So if history tells us anything, he's pretty protective. My guess is that the assumption that he's only going to not win the block based off of tiebreakers, my hunch is that that's probably an accurate assumption, and that's what I'm thinking as well. I think he's going to end with, like, 12 points,
3: yeah, I think his stock completely elevated with this whole Blackpool Combat Club push. If we were talking about Utah last year, you know, pre AEW, just strong Utah, then I could say definitely, yeah, maybe eight points. But with this push to the match he had with Mox, the match he had with Brian, uh, like he's been doing incredible work in AEW. They strapped a rocket onto him. He's on Dynamite every week in these fun six-mans with – Mox and Brian. So his stock's elevated. He's a, he's a top star. He's also the ring of honor, pure champion. Um, So I think he's going to be protected. And yeah, I said I think he's going to get 12 points.
0: I think he's going to get 10. And I also think Tony Khan needs to start returning the favor when new Japan talent is on his TV programming, because I feel like Tony's talent gets protected more in new Japan, but it's not reciprocal, Mm. which is also something I could see being, a point of contention going towards forbidden door.
1: Right. Yeah. That whole thing is going to be really interesting.
0: (laughs) It's going to be, it's going to be new Japan versus Noah versus all Japan levels of politics.
3: (laughs) Yeah. So the last person here, somebody that we're very excited about in his first super juniors, L Lindemann, representing strong hearts and glate. He is glates G Rex champion
1: yeah so i mean um the inclusion of you know uh the guys from glade strong hearts uh just in general has been a welcome surprise all throughout the year and uh you know i think ellenman has been the one guy that's been the least highlighted of the group so far but uh in many ways has maybe the most upside of anybody in that group moving forward as far as like bright futures he's the youngest uh To my understanding, I could be wrong on that. But um, yeah, I'm a big fan of his. And it's just going to be very interesting. All these first-time matchups with him. And then the fact that he's coming in as the G-Rex champion. Now, there is a possibility he could drop that title just prior to coming into the tournament. And I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. Then again, he isn't very long into that title reign at all. So there's that aspect as well. But, um, yeah, the, the, the politics at play in this B block are very interesting because of how many champions are there and outsiders. Uh, but, yeah, he's probably my pick for standout guy in the B block as far as just, like, turning heads, turning attention to him. If you've been watching him, whether it be in Dragon Gate or, you know, All Japan or, you know, all the different places that they've been over the past, you know, several years, OWE, AEW, um, you kind of already have a taste or, or a knowledge of it, but I'm sure there's a large portion of the fan base that just hasn't seen that much of Olineman and are probably not as aware of uh, who he is and what he's capable of, but there's a reason that they picked him as the inaugural champion of, of Gleet. So I'm definitely looking forward to him.
0: I'm excited for him as well. I, th- I mean, I think, Josh covered everything that I could possibly say about Lindemann other than he's got a great tan <laughs> and he's very strong and sturdy. And I think he's going to have great matches. Like, I'm fairly confident he will pull a great match out of everybody, including Master Wato. So I'm very excited to see what he can do.
3: Yeah, Lindemann's not going to have a bad match. He's going to be potentially the MVP of this block. He's going to have bangers for everybody. I'm really excited to see him. I've seen a lot of his work. Based off of stuff in AEW, some of the clips like you mentioned OWE and just some of the stuff that he's done in Glate. Um, this guy's freaky strong, super fast. He's going to have a lot of fun matchups in this tournament. And again, um, with the politics and the booking, um, and kind of jump to a question a little bit down here from Rainbow and Slam Pig, how do you see interpromotional politics affecting the booking of this year's Best Super Juniors? It's going to be tough. Um, I, I think he's a guy who could potentially end up with maybe eight points. Um, There's a lot of guys in this block that need to be protected.
0: My my thing is that I worry that with all of these champions and being brought in and the need to the potential need to protect all of them, it's going to come at the cost of New Japan's own roster where they end up sabotaging the entire purpose of elevating the New Japan roster by bringing in all of these other talents, which is I mean, I love seeing fresh matchups. But at the same time, you have to book it in a sense and in a way where your own talent aren't made to look like clowns in their own house, and that's what I worry about. When you have you when you bring in all of these decorated, I mean, it's great you have a showcase of champions, but at the same time, are you going to ensure that your the people that you've put through your own dojo system and you invented your you invested your own money in? What are you doing to protect them, or are they? are you willing to take a a sustainable loss on your own talent for the sake of just having other people's people come in? You know what I mean? Like I, I worry about the, the power dynamic and the balance, which is why I'm also not confident that certain people could win this year just because of all the people that need to be protected in this tournament when they don't necessarily need to be because they are guests in new Japan's house.
1: I'm not too worried about it. I mean, we've seen a lot of tournaments that have gone parity just across the board, even when it's entirely in house with New Japan. And many of the guys that are involved on the New Japan side would have got booked, you know, pretty low, anyways, regardless. It's wrestling, it's a round robin tournament. There's guys that are going to lose that are not going to, you know, there's There's two blocks and there's only two guys that can go to the finals and everyone else is going to get, you know, uh, different measures of success. But very rarely in this tournament is there anybody that goes winless or just completely gets buried. And there's never any, aside from Shingo, there's nobody that goes completely undefeated coming out of a block. So um, I just, I expect on both sides for there to be a pretty high level of parity just given the field. Uh, that's a given. And, um, you know, don't be surprised if there's a lot of like wins and losses that you don't see coming. Um, keep that in mind when you're doing your uh, brackets this year.
3: Yeah. Well, that's going to wrap up our talk on the B block. I have some other questions here on the tournament. First, let's commission 7252 from all 20 juniors. Who do you guys think will benefit the most on this tournament?
1: Short answer Whoever wins the tournament, I can't, I couldn't tell you. I, I think he's asking like who's gonna probably take the the biggest step forward and, and really make a name for themselves. And uh, I'm not sure, but I'm guessing whoever gets that push to win the tournament, that's gonna be your guy.
3: What do you think, Karen?
0: Yeah. It's gonna be one of those things where if they're willing to take a chance on someone new instead of relying on old reliables like they usually do.
3: Yeah, I mean, there's going to be a lot of guys that are working really hard. Um, obviously, the winner is probably going to be the guy that benefits the most. But, I mean, I think a guy like L. Lindemann, who's in a smaller promotion like Glate, can really shine and potentially get, Bring
0: a lot of eyes to them, yeah. yeah.
3: Or even get a New Japan deal and, and jump from Glate to New Japan.
1: If that's what we're needing to answer, who's going to turn the most heads towards them and and make the biggest name for themselves? I'll just say Akira. Akira's going to be the guy that really, like, takes the step out. People are going to be like, huh, I didn't fucking know he was that awesome. And he is.
3: Yeah. Uh, they also asked, any update on the Best Super Junior Pickums contest for you guys or from anybody else? Uh, still thinking about it because it's, uh, you know, it's really tricky keeping up with the results of these uh, block tournaments. There's not like, an automatic way to do it, but I'll, I'll let you guys know in enough time if we're going to do one or not. Uh, Next question from FitBeautiful2638 Given your comments on New Japan's Junior Division last week Did NJPW miss the boat on Ninja Mac or do you think he's too Flippy to fit in NJPW Sounds like Ninja Mac went viral in Japan after Just a few Noah appearances and he's never been and He's never gotten a shot on Strong
1: Yeah I mean Ninja Mac's Phenomenal when yes. it comes to uh, You know the Aerial stuff I mean he's like A once in a lifetime type of guy like he's right up there with your ricochets and your will ospreys and guys that can do that um but at the same time i mean he's kind of small <laughs> <laughs> i don't know um aside from the flips i've never been that impressed with him and you know i can tell you he's trained with people that i know and you know, there are some things he's, he doesn't excel at necessarily, but, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe he will come work for New Japan at some point. I don't know.
0: I, my first experience watching him wrestle was actually on Josh Barnett's Bloodsport. And it was such a mismatch compared to what Bloodsport usually is that I was not really sold on him, to be honest. Um, I did watch the shows in Noah last week where he was there. Um I don't know if it's he's not necessarily my cup of tea or not. Um but is he too flippy to fit in New Japan? I need him to have more substance than just flashy, like a flashy flip here and there, honestly. I don't think I think Noah might be the better fit for him because they don't have very many foreign wrestlers and now that he's contracted there that's probably a good place for him to become better acquainted with how japan's wrestling scene is maybe in the future it could lead to something in new japan i just don't necessarily think he's the best fit for new japan and that's okay
3: i love ninja mac we saw him um mania weekend here in tampa at that um, midnight show, uh, part of the collective, this man was out here flipping in the middle of Ebor City. Uh, he was awesome. And every time I've seen him, I've just been impressed with the, a lot of the flips he does. I do agree that also his, you know, technical wrestling and the more of the grappling stuff probably needs more work, but I think he's an, a phenomenal high flyer. And like you said, Karen, I think Noah is a great place for him to improve, get better, learn how Japan works. And then, um, uh, down the line, I mean, he's still pretty young. I could see him in a Super Juniors in the future. Uh, MJSPR says, what outsider is going to have the strongest run in the tournament?
1: Hmm. Um, Strongest run? I don't know what he means by that. I don't know if he means, like, in terms of booking or in terms of, like, performance. Um, I'm going to interpret that just to mean by booking. And my... Anticipation is that it's going to be Wheeler Utah. I agree. Okay.
0: So, outsiders, he's, I guess he's meaning non New Japan strong guys. So, just like Teton, Wheeler Utah, L. Lindemann,
3: Ace Austin. And Ace Austin. Yeah.
0: Mm, it's going to either be Utah or L. Lindemann, one of the two, if not both.
3: He also asks who will end up with more wins, Doki or Masterwato? Masterwato.
0: They're going to be tied.
1: They could be
3: tied. Yeah, I think they're going to be tied. So Doki has been winning a one additional match each year, so he's, he's up to three wins now <laughs> in, in a Super Junior. So I, I think. But oh, there's
0: also no young lions this year.
3: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can see both of them being tied at six this year. Uh, Rambo Plague Slam Pigs asks, "How does Specialty June return to May impact your feelings about the tournament?" I will admit, I'm a lot more excited. How does the change impact the likely booking, if at all?
1: I've got a lot of stuff going on in the month of May. My birthday is coming up. Literally, when this tournament starts, I'm studying for, you know, my licensing. and It just doesn't really fit. Uh, this could go back to December, you know, which is a much more chill time. You know, <laughs> December is not you know, a stressful time for anybody. Nothing goes on in December, so, you know.
0: I'd like to apologize in advance for the poor scheduling of best of the super Joshuas. (laughs) You did not realize that Joshua would be this busy in the month of May. (laughs) I, too, have um, the day after the opening night is the upper division orientation for the third and fourth year medical students where I work and graduation all in the same week, so I'm going to be dead on my feet the first week of Super Junior. But the fact that it is not woven into World Tag League or overshadowed by Power Struggle or Super Junior League or anything else, it's back where it belongs. It's It feels like a step back into returning to quote-unquote normal.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: It it feels like it's back where it needs to be needs to be between, um, you know, on the calendar between, uh, use your words, New Japan Cup and the G1. And it feels good because it's it's giving the heavyweights a break. Meaning, when the G1 rolls around in August again, the juniors get time off. And I think that's what what's been hardest about the way the schedules have been built is that nobody's had any time off. Like, literally, you have to be injured on and on the shelf to have some semblance of a more than two days off at a time. So, I'm glad it's back. I'm excited. I'm just going to be team no sleep for the next month.
3: Yeah, I'm pretty pumped that it's back. The normal time slot. Nature is healing. We're getting back to a, a regular schedule here with New Japan. Um, so, this should be a lot of fun. And, yeah, I'm all down for it. So we, we have two Super Junior shows that will happen for the next time we record a convention. In, in the
1: essence of time, I say we don't even run through these lineups. If you want to check them out, check them out next week. Let's just announce what nights we're covering and then move on.
3: Yeah, so we'll cover uh, night one and night two. So the first night of the A block, first night of the B block, May 15th and May 17th. Um, Like we mentioned earlier, uh, New Japan Strong, they'll be doing uh, Meet meet, Me on Friday with Jay White versus Hikaleo, Fred Rosser in the handicap match against the West Coast Rican crew and Rocky Romero, Adrian Quest, and Alex Coughlin against Jared Crale's Black Tiger and Dane Limelight. Uh, There was an episode of Strong this past Saturday, uh, which was the Lone Star Shootout. We had Chris Bay and Hikaleo defeating the Stray Dog Army, Jonah defeating Blake Christian, and then uh, Kratos, and Lawler defeating Coughlin, Fred Rosser, and the DKC. Then after Capital Collision, there'll be um, a collision, strong taping in Philadelphia on Sunday with Will Ospreay versus Homicide, Suzuki versus Tony Deppin, Tanahashi versus Chris Sigginson, Coglin, Kevin maybe. Knight. Maybe. Maybe, yeah, he, he might get replaced. <laughs> uh, Coglin, Kevin Knight, and DKC versus Kratos, Nelson, and Isaacs. Killer Cross versus Umura. David Finley versus Danny Limelight. QT Marshall versus Carl Fredericks. Brody King versus Jake something. Jeff Cobb versus Willie Mack. Uh, Great O'Connor, Aaron Honore, Kyle Fletcher, Mark Davis versus Jonah, Badu, Tito, Shane Hayes, and Michael Nichols. So a rematch from Capital Collision. And then we'll get Ishii, Rocky Romero, Masca Dorada, Rennerita, and Chuck Taylor versus Jay White, Juice Robinson, Carl Anderson, Gok Dal- Gok- Doc Gallows, and Hikaleo. And then Delirious, the uh, former RH Booker, will be taking on Aria Davari. Wow. Uh, <laughs> and just to uh, run through these news here. Uh, The Ibushi tweets, we've seen them. Uh, We're not really going to speculate or talk more about them right now until we can get some more uh, concrete uh, information on what's going on. I will
1: tell you, Jeremy, while we're on the air, we won't get into it here. There was a pretty in-depth news report that came out. We'll take a look at it. We don't know very much just yet. I know a lot of people wanted us to spend time talking about this. But we literally don't know much yet, so we're not going
3: to. Yeah. We'll talk about it when we get some uh, more info. Uh, Forbidden Door Tickets, they sold out in like 30 minutes last week. So uh, very hot ticket. Everybody's looking forward to the the big New Japan AEW crossover show.
1: Tony Khan bought those so (laughs) he could sell them. (laughs) How does that work? I don't know.
3: I don't know. Uh, he Win- did it though. <laughs> Winnie City Riot's going to be on Access TV this Thursday. They're going to air Moxley versus Osprey and Ishii versus Suzuki. So, if you haven't seen those matches yet, you definitely want to check out Access TV. Watch those matches. Uh, from The Observer, New Japan has booked September 16th to the 18th at a gym at the University of Texas at Arlington. Uh, they have three days on hold, uh, but the date for the show right now looks to be 9 18. So, I'm not sure if that's going to be a strong taping or another pay per view. Free match of the week is Will Ospreay versus Ricochet, Best of Jr. 2016. Uh Will Osprey will be facing Nick Wayne June 19th at GCW. I Never Liked You.
1: Hey GCW, come up with your own names of your events. Stop stealing from uh hip-hop rap. Hat titles,
3: albums. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh the Corkin Hall 60th Anniversary Show is up on NJPW World. If you haven't seen that, check that out. Uh, this past weekend, Josh Alexander defeat, uh, defended the Impact title against Ishii at Under Siege. And what I heard was a uh, great matchup. Um, we also had Taka Taichi Mania 2.5 this past weekend with uh, Suzuki defeating Ren Ayabe. Takamichi Noku and Kanemaru defeating Dick Togo and Gato. Taichi defeating Yoshitatsu. And then in a wild uh, death match main event, we had Jun Kasai and Tomioka Hanama defeating Doki and El Esperado. Uh, coming up May 12th at 6 a.m. Eastern wait, Live. Wait,
1: wait a second. I got a quick question. Why is it Taichi Mania 2.5 when they already had
3: 3? I don't know. That's what it was labeled on, on Cage Match. And no, I, think... I know it is. It just doesn't make sense to me.
0: I want to say it had, had something to do about Desperado's injury with the last time he fought Junkasai or some
1: weird... <laughs> it's just so weird. Already, I mean, they already did the third one and now they're regressing in the pattern in the order. <laughs> um, yeah.
3: Coming up on uh May 12th at 6 a.m. six a.m. live from Corkin Hall. They're going to be doing the uh Tatsumi Fujinami 50th anniversary, the Never Give Up Tour phase in Tokyo, Dear New Generation, featuring uh Tanahashi, Haramo Takahashi, Shingo, Tatagi, and Yuji Nagata. This is a part tradition. So big uh, anniversary show for Fujinami. Uh, and
1: Fujinami had to pull out of that show, and Tanahashi had to step in to replace him for that show.
3: Yeah. So I haven't. That's seen, what I saw, anyways. I haven't seen any matchups announced for that just yet. I'm sure they'll come out at some point, uh, but hopefully they'll be up on uh, New Japan World. Actually, it's on New Japan. It's going to be a pay per view, I think, on New Japan World. Um. And the last bit of news here, All Japan New Japan are going to be joining up for the 23rd anniversary of the death of Jumbo Saruta for a show on May 31st at Corkin Hall. Um, that's it for the news. Going to skip over these uh, off type of questions here and uh, quickly finish up here with recommended match of the week and excursion match of the week.
1: Yeah, when we skip over questions, do we end up like going back to... <laughs>
3: Uh, so we skipped questions like the last three weeks now, but I've been leaving them on there. Uh, hopefully we'll have some uh time to get to them next week.
1: We will. You and I, I believe in it. We can do it.
3: <laughs> uh, so real quick here. Uh, last week recommended match of the week. Josh, you picked uh Wild Pegasus first Black Tiger two from uh, June eleventh, nineteen ninety six. Uh, watch this match this weekend. Awesome matchup. Uh. Wild Pegasus really ate up Black Tiger. I felt in this match a lot, and it was a really yeah. all Wild Pegasus, but a really fun matchup from early in the career of a, Black, a Wild Pegasus and a Black Tiger.
1: Yeah, uh, I rewatched this. It reminded me a lot in the first two thirds of the match. It reminded me a lot of like the early Fujinami Ricky Choshu matches. The 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 way it was laid out, but then the last third where they started going into like all the like near falls. Kind of reminded me of like Taker Michaels from like WrestleMania. Yeah. Just like big move, kick out, big move, kick out. And like you kept I kept thinking the match was gonna be done. And then um, did you notice at the very end they teased that top rope tombstone from yes. the Super Juniors we were re- re- reviewed a few years before? Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I like this. I you know what while I was watching it, I wasn't sure if I was digging it, and then by the end of it, I was
3: like, all right. Dude, I, felt they, the, they I, I felt the same way. I felt like they started off kind of slow, but yeah, they really picked up uh, towards the end. Um, and then I picked for excursion match of the week, Will Osprey versus Blake Christian from warrior wrestling.
1: Yeah. I watched this match guys. If you haven't seen it, go out of your way and watch this. It not only was a great match, but it also really kind of um, changed. Not that I've ever had a bad opinion of Blake Christian, but like this felt like someone who was wrestling up to a new level uh essentially just blow away i mean this is an easy excursion match of the year contender i think i'm like four and a half on it i liked this even better than osprey and cage's match from earlier in the year from warrior wrestling um yeah i mean you know say what you will about the guy but like no one else is outperforming will osprey match by match over the course of this year like he is the wrestler of the year right now i don't care what anyone says like it's kind of crazy
3: yeah, I watched the match this weekend. Also awesome match. I also went four and a half on it. Yeah. Osprey's just putting out some great stuff. And like you mentioned, Blake Christian looked really great here as well.
1: Yeah. Blow away. So, um, Jeremy, what do you have for the recommended match of the week for me this week?
3: So I have dominion June 21st, 2014 for the IWGP junior championship, Kota Ibushi versus ricochet.
1: Nice. Um, be happy to check that out. And then, um, my recommended match of the or my excursion match of the week is the recent battle between filthy tom lawler and john moxley from defy wild ones that did air on pluto tv i think i sent a link to our group chat um where you can find that video available for probably only a short period of time. <laughs> <laughs> uh-
3: But, yeah, I saw clips from that match. It was a bloody, crazy brawl. I heard this is uh, Filthy Tom's best matchup. I think uh, Melcher won four and a half on it, so definitely uh, should be one to check out. Uh, Karen, thanks so much for joining us again for this uh, big preview show. Please do your plugs to our listeners where they can find you online.
0: Uh, if you want to find me, you are welcome to swing by Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, and YouTube at Hey Karen Sensei. I also do stardom coverage for post wrestling, and I also have a weekly column with them called jo- uh, Dream Slam Weekly, where I cover all of the Joshi scene from throughout Japan and around the world.
3: Awesome. Yeah, make sure you check out Karen online, check out her work and uh, that's going to wrap up the show this week next week we'll be back to review Capital Collision and the first two nights of Best of the Super Junior so if you enjoyed today's show please consider making a donation by visiting socialsuplex.com slash donate and click on the donate button under the Keeping It Strong Style logo make sure you connect with us on social media on Twitter the show is at K.I. Strong Style the network is at Social Suplex you can follow me at Jeremy L. Donovan on Facebook or Facebook.com slash also in the Wrestling Squared Circle Facebook group on Instagram, or are at SocialZuplex. On Reddit, on the pro-black Guide. Y'all just keeping a strong style. You can email me, jeremy at socialzuplex.com. And check out all the other shows that we have here on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. One Nation Radio, hosted by Rich Latta and James Boyd. The Grave Consequences, hosted by Caleb and Maserati. All Things Elite, hosted by Floyd and Austin. The AW Match Guide Podcast, hosted by Sir Sam. The Great Match Generator, hosted by Danny. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating and review And we will catch you next week on Keeping It Strong Style, the ace of podcasts. Ichiba.
1: Thank you for listening to Keeping It Strong Style. We'll see you next time.